What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again. Another weekly installment. I got my homies, my usual homies, Casey, Joel, and Joseph. And today we brought on our friend Brandon Giffen from the Faceless, Cynic Fame, shredding bass player. We really want to hear about this dude's uh, history and and how he got to both of those projects. And you know, it's it's definitely something that we want to hear on this Thursday night. Thank you for being here with us tonight. And uh, Brandon, what's going on, dude? How much? Uh, thanks for having me. Just here hanging out, and I'm uh, excited to talk to you guys and ready to get into it. So, yeah, dude. Thank go. you very much for giving us a little chunk of your time. For sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to ask many people, you know, so many people, it's like, even we're in a pandemic, it's like, it's, it's very hard to like get a chunk of time to give to other people out of your life. So we always are very appreciative of that. Not for me. My life's boring, dude. I'm just here. I was, <laughs> I've been, I was here ready to go. I'm here again for the next day of working from home for the past year. So this is exciting for me. So thanks. Nice, dude. For, for offering it. Hell yeah, dude. No, you, I mean, you, you got a cool fucking story. You played with some really cool bands, dude. So we want, we, what better to get yourself on this podcast and tell, you know, all the 634 subscribers that we have still growing, uh, that your story and, and how you got to those places, dude, and where you're at now, like that, that's kind of how we do it. We just take you through your whole, uh, your whole run, dude. Up right, cool. this point so i mean we usually start back when everything got serious for you but like yeah go back like what what made music important i always say that I've, i feel weird saying this because i've said it 29 times now but it's like that is a great start for like so many people in in our you know realm right. is like right. when it became something other than just a novelty that you hear on the radio or you know you're hearing your parents i mean actually parents music is definitely yeah, that's, much more influential than right. people realize you know so i like to hear about that stuff too like what were your that parents was a big part to? like um my mom like i would my mom and dad were divorced or whatever so i spent a lot of time with my mom like a single uh single parent you know situation so she listened to like tons of oldies and like r&b and like like one of my first uh, actual items was a uh, doggy style on cassette. Nice. Because <laughs> my mom was like into like all like R&B and all kinds of oldies and stuff like that. Hell yeah. So that's like what I was kind of first into when I was maybe like, I don't know, like 10 or 11 years old, something like that. Um, but I always I usually ask the years too. So you're, I, because I, I don't know your age, 10 or 11, what year is this? Oh, so that was like, I don't know, I'm 35 now. So it was like, oh, okay. Like 90, 95 yeah around there in the 90s i, mean, I was born yeah, in 85 so dude. yeah mid 90s right around there um but like i didn't really get into rock music until i don't know in like middle school ish and like i had a friend of mine who was like my neighbor who played guitar and he was listening to like you know like ozzy and black sabbath and like whatever green day and like just like rock bands of that you know obviously ozzy and black sabbath aren't from that time but kids were like playing guitar around then in the nineties mm -hmm. would like listen to all that kind of stuff. So like I, I picked playing bass just because like he already had a guitar. So I was like, fuck it. I can't play guitar because he has guitar. So I have to play bass. So like, I remember I traded, uh, I traded my PlayStation 
and my, all the games to my other kid at school for his base and his practice amp, oh, which shit. looking back on it now was a horrible deal because that shit was worth <laughs> way more than like the shitty base that he had. But the I just top PS1, yeah. the first, yeah, yeah, the flat, the first one. Like I didn't have yeah. any money, I didn't have any money or a job or anything because I was like 13 or 14. So I knew I wanted to play base and I needed one. So I traded that. My mom got all mad. She was like, "Why the fuck would you trade the PlayStation? I just bought that for you." <laughs> But that's how I got like my first, uh, it was a Samick. My first base was like a shitty Samick, like $100. And I had a little tiny amp with like an instrument cable that had like the spiral cord. It only went like, you know, four feet. And it was just like in my garage with uh, my buddy who played guitar. We just like played like all the K-Rock, which is an LA radio station. Like all their songs on there and just like playing rock music. Just playing by ear, never really. Yeah, um, I, for the most part, I did, I had a couple lessons early on, um, a friend of my mom. So my mom was an NA, which is like, like narcotics, narcotics anonymous. So she had a lot of like friends in there. Mm-hmm. And one of her friends was the bass player for, for Dio. I don't know if it was like a touring bass player. Like, I don't know exactly. And it was Jimmy Bain or Jimmy, something like that. So he let me borrow this like Steinberger headless, tiny bass also. And he gave me lessons because he was my mom's friend, like early on. But I don't remember too much of like how, how often that was, but that was like kind of one lesson that I got way back in the day. But for the most part, I would just listen to stuff on the radio or listen to CDs or cassettes and just try to try to play along to it and like figure it out. Mm-hmm. I have a question about of a, of a theory that I'm coming up with. with the, I think you're actually going to shoot this down. Um, so <laughs> I've been noticing that because we, we get into a lot of the new metal talks in here. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and my whole theory is if you were born in 84 and 85, then you were into new metal. Yeah, I was into new metal. You See? were, but only because okay. only because I had an older cousin who showed me that shit. So I feel like if he never would have shown it to me, I wouldn't have liked. It. I, I, I feel just, like my, it, my cousin like, was cool, so I, yeah. I liked it because he was liked it. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. puberty hits just hit us perfectly, like 84, 85. Like you're at the perfect time for that kind of angsty kind of like, right? You know, that, right. You know, Jonathan Davis style, whatever, to like right. take over as a kid. And I feel like I've so far. I mean, if you're born in like. 86 or 87 or or uh 83 82, 82 yeah. then you like are yeah into you it. missed it yeah, <laughs> yeah. Missed the cutoff i definitely that. that was for me what yeah. does that say I, about new metal though dude that that shows like the blip blip yeah just beep. well yeah. speaking of new metal i got a haircut so you know just <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got sickness. clipped yeah. up with some new metal yeah for sure i definitely liked corn and shit you know back as a teenager mm-hmm like that's that's um that still has yet to be proven wrong i guess and shout yeah. out to nate yep another podcast that we talk about corn dude <laughs> <laughs> nate you know it's like 23 our... episodes something like that. <laughs> i mean if you're when you're like 10 or what in between like i don't know 11 and 13 and you hear that it's like pretty fucking gnarly to hear that for the first time you know? yeah that's what it is dude i mean <laughs> yeah. I, my whole thing with it is i i don't want to keep going on this rant about new metal because obviously we're already in the fucking weeds with this but it, it was something that I had no other older guy t- or girl to expose me to extreme music. You know, right. I was really into hip hop. And and so I came across Slipknot and this whole rap metal crossover thing was happening. And so I I I got sh- I got shepherded in with the hip hop and, and I left with 
searching for death metal. Yeah. Right. That's what it was. I got rid of my hip hop shit and I so badly wish that I didn't because so many of those records are worth crazy money now, dude. And I sold them to like Streetlight and fucking Santa Cruz to go buy a bunch of fucking Morbid Angel CDs or something, dude. <laughs> Which are worth right, nothing sorry. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember buying like in like junior high, I think it was seventh grade, I bought like Life is Peachy yeah. at like Target. That's the one that got me into it. <laughs> yeah. The edited version, probably, right? Yeah, they don't sell like, yeah. the, the explicit versions at yeah. Target. And like we've mentioned before, like I was like, I thought Twist was just so gnarly. Like I was like, wow. yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's a weird, you know? weird song. But it was weird for me. Like Corn was kind of the cutoff. Like I, I liked Nine Inch Nails. Then after that, it was just kind of like I never, I never liked Marilyn Manson or any of that right. other stuff. And it was kind of after that, I just was off, you know. But you yeah, guys, I wouldn't really categorize those two bands in the same yeah. mm-hmm. as like what. But Corn was about. like new metal, like the like the beginning. Yeah, most definitely. But Corn for, for me, Corn was the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not Limp Bizkit. I never. It was Corn, Limp Bizkit, like Seven Dust. I, I never. Uh, Mudvayne, even though yeah. Mudvayne really isn't. Tech, oh, no. I wouldn't tech, technically call that first record new metal, dude. They had the new metal riffs, but there's some progressive stuff on that album. It still was like the the costumes and the way they presented it. I know, right? Right. It was the mask thing, you know. That's another thing that I think about too. Is a lot of people go like they say that new metal is the crossover of hip hop and metal, but there's a lot of bands like Corn, like what they have like one or two songs that have like a hip hop vibe to it. Like it's pretty much metal, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not like I don't really see the hip hop. Everyone's like, yeah, it's like hip hop, and I'm like, how is Corn hip? I don't really see like blind and like like clown as fucking hip-hop songs i don't know no i would not i i see like what i'm talking about is like you know Corey taylor from slipknot he had yeah that added where he was spitting raps in a couple songs you know so it's like they had a couple of songs where they'd still rap so it was like that's that was my my the way i got in on it you know yeah yeah my connection to it was the hip-hop first and then like i was like oh shit I actually like these riffs, like, you know, and then ended up becoming like, bring me all that extreme metal, dude. Yeah, it's just a gateway. So where did you, so you went through that new metal phase, Brandon? Well, I don't, I, yeah, I guess in a way, yes, but my cousin just liked all kinds of different shit. So I just like, I have like an older cousin that just showed me all this kind of music and he showed me like corn and bands like that. But he also showed me like Strife and H2O and like punk and hardcore bands. So he's like into all kinds of different, just Mm -hmm. like heavy music. So I don't even know like what I didn't call. I didn't know there was different like genres of it. I was just like, oh, those shit's crazier than what they're playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. So, totally. you know, I was just like, whatever my cousin liked, that was just into because he was like two or three years older than me. So it's like, you know, if I could hear about the bands he was listening to, like I could show them to my friends, like they think it was cool or whatever. I don't know. Just I, think I had a cousin yeah. that was like an older brother to me, too. And, yeah. and he showed me all the hip hop shit instead of the like the new I literally yeah. dug myself into the new metal but yeah it's it's cool to have like at least somebody close to you that's a few years right. older that's already experienced more things that can pass down you know like all the stuff right that they filtered out of the bullshit you know right like, this is actually the good shit that i found in the last few years that you should check out and you're like oh yeah so it actually puts you almost into the next generation the, the previous generation when you have somebody who's tethered you're tethered to it through another person who's right. already been in that generation and i didn't really get into like you know death metal or any kinds of that sort of metal until a little bit in high school or like at the end of my high school era um i i got more into like like i liked uh you know i got into like weather report and like return to forever and like you know more jazz stuff and i like that once i started playing bass a little bit more and like being like oh shit there's like all these crazy musicians out there 
and I started listening to that stuff. So I, I like that kind of stuff before I found uh, more death metal bands. Like I knew about certain, like I knew about like Deicide and Death just from like metal kids at school and stuff. But I wasn't like super, super into that stuff um, until like I was, until really the faceless, honestly, like I knew about it and I would listen to it every now and then. But until like I met Michael in high school and like we actually tried to start a band like in that vein, like in a metal realm that I was exposed to a lot more metal. Like I, I knew about a lot of the bands, but I wasn't, you know, listening to it at home or anything like that. Until you're on tour with them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the turnaround from us like starting a band to then being on tour with bands that like we liked and stuff was really fucking crazy and just so fast. Like it was, we went from like wanting to write, no, like, you know, starting to write death metal songs and like trying to go for it to like headlining over Dying Fetus in like three years. It was fucking Jesus. crazy, dude. Like yeah, it was well. like a, it was like a crazy, I don't know. It was like we just hit it like super hard. Would you say know. that like you know the MySpace boom and social media and stuff helped some of that? For sure, because we had a MySpace and we had some songs in there, so that definitely helped get us like you know exposure. But I still think we were too early to the point to super capitalize on that stuff. Like we still missed the boat. Like one of my biggest like regrets, not regrets, but like things where I'm bummed out about like touring so much back when is like all the shit that I didn't have. Like I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have Uber. I didn't have all this dope shit that they have now that would like make it so much better, you know? So I think about, we were like, we, we had internet exposure, but it was still on like MySpace, like HTML coding your fucking website. And like, we're (laughs) using like MapQuest to get to shows and shit. So it wasn't like, it wasn't how it is now. So I'm like, fuck man, I wish I wish we had all that shit back then. It's almost like something <laughs> cool about like what we went through back then, though. Um, you know, we were on the the cusp of the internet kind of taking over music and Napster right. and right. all that stuff, and and we still had, um, and we've talked about it many times. We still had that that fun experience to go, you know, like we go find a Return to Forever album or something, or right. go find a death metal album in the record store and actually right. like hold it and be like, fuck yeah, but still also have the, you know, the the internet too. So it was like. Right we still had that which a lot of the newer generation is probably has no fucking idea what everyone's doing in record stores like what the fuck are you guys doing there like painting right. like what are you, like i'm gonna go download my fucking music right. uh you know so i think there's something i mean the old man in me um is stoked that i went through all that but yeah looking at bands on tour and stuff now and they have like these smartphones and they have all this crazy right. shit now like my my tour life is very limited documentation of my tour life like as far as photos yeah. it's just if someone had yeah, like a exactly. camera or something you know like mm-hmm. there's not really yeah, much like a shitty digital camera i had a shitty digital camera full of photos i don't even know where the camera is now i don't even i have no idea where those photos are yeah yeah uh, you know we our first tour we did like we had like a binder pr- with printed map quest like directions mm-hmm. like in a three ring yep. binder like front to back it was and you know yep. it was crazy like i remember totally. like the first time we like made enough money at a show to like we're gonna buy a gps and, like we didn't realize <laughs> yeah. like you had, to, you, had to up, you had to like update it so it always sucked and like it never would work <laughs> Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you go to like Houston or something, and they yeah. have like a bunch of like like overlapping freeways and shit. Yeah, like, you're oh, over. Yeah. You're... <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I remember one time we had like an old GPS, and I like drove us like an hour and a half out of the way, like just, yeah, because like, yeah. I did the oh, GPS, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just rerouted, and it was like go back like an hour <laughs> where you just came. Like everyone was so pissed, but I was like, I'm just following the machine, like like you know, I'm kind of joking when I say that I miss like I wanted to have all this new cool shit, like. I, it's true, but it's kind of a joke. Cause when I think about, like when I think back about like touring, cause we did a lot, of, I did a lot of tours with the Faceless. I, I usually think about like the beginning, like in a van, like not knowing where we're going, like adventuring. 
like that's the part where I'm like, fuck, that was so cool. Just like getting in trouble and like leaving the next day and do whatever, whatever you want and just be gone, like out of there, like later, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny story now. That's all it is. Like, dude, one time we, we like, we, we drove all night. I know I'm kind of veering off of this uh, oh, timeline. Dude, we do it all the fucking time. Dude, so it's all <laughs> just good. bring me, bring me back whenever you want me yeah. back. In the timeline. No doubt. Yeah, we got uh, we'll, we'll pin it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, so we like drove all night to get to this, uh, Econa Lodge one time. And then someone was driving. I'm not gonna like say who was driving, but like we got there and we were trying to pull up and we're all young kids. So like, we're not used to driving with a trailer or anything like that. And like, we're trying to get, you know, like the hotels have like the lobby, like half circle that's like under a balcony. Mm-hmm. So we like try to go through there and we end up like hitting the pillar with a trailer and like cracking it after we drove all night to get this Econa Lodge. So we just like, didn't know what to do. So we just like freaked out and left and just like, didn't have anywhere to stay. Just like slept in the van down the way. So we called it a condoflage for like a year because it's hilarious. Because we just got we like drove all night to get there, and we were finally there. And we hit the fucking t- pillar, and then just had to like leave because we didn't know what we were doing. And I think by then I was like, "That's so amazing. I love that. I love that we didn't get to stay there, and we had to sleep in the van because we we're idiots, and we crashed into the fucking building." Did you ever get stuck in like uh with the trailer? Get stuck in like dr- those drive-throughs that are just they're just a little too like they just aren't like they're not barely for a van, but not a van and trailer, and you have to like back up and like fucking <laughs> Austin Powers your way through it and go over like, curtains. Dude, I wanted some tacos, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's no good. Like hitting random shit, hitting cars. Yeah. And shit. Oh Pop. yeah, yeah. Joel, <laughs> Joel killed a bird in New York. Oh man, how I mean, dare you, dude? It, no, I mean, it was the dude, van killed yeah. it. He, everybody was asleep in the back he of the having a bad He was day. driving and I was co-pilot and it was like six in the morning, dude. We like stayed in Brooklyn for like a couple nights and we were finally like heading out and it was like six in the morning. Everybody just went back to sleep and dude, we're, nobody was on whatever freeway we were on. And, and it was a slow motion deal because the seagull was on the, it, since nobody was driving on that freeway, the seagull was just chilling on the ground in our lane and we're coming up and both me and Joel are like, oh shit, dude. It was I'm like one of those. The and then all of a sudden you just see it like go <laughs> and just feathers everywhere, dude. And you're just like, oh. It was bad karma. But I mean, yeah. Now after getting the details. Five or 70 yeah. miles an hour, you're not gonna slam on the brakes for a bird so we can like die or something yeah, you know? after after getting your details i'd say that's the bird's fault a thousand yeah, percent it is what the fuck is it doing <laughs> the motherfucker the motherfucker has wings freeway it was he's like got wings why is he there why are you even on the freeway go fucking be in a tree you have wings what's wrong with you i know i've been trying to contact his family for fucking get money to pay for, that for a while but... <laughs> there's a missing yeah. seagull report going yeah dude all the roadkill you see on tour is crazy you start to like categorize it like you're a scientist like Putting down all the different dead animals you've seen. <laughs> you get Actually, to Florida, you see alligators and shit on the road, and turtles and all kinds of crazy shit. If I'm not mistaken, there's a band that I can't remember, but they would document like all the roadkill. They'd pull over yeah. and take a picture of the roadkill, like yeah. and do all this shit. And I'm just like, really? That's what you guys are? I guess. I mean, if you get really bored, it's so boring, dude. It's so boring. <laughs> So, so boring. boring. Pre pre fucking smartphone. It's like right. I know. We have like a, and I'm not like a heavy reader either. So I, I relied on just like music and conversation for right. Nine I can't hours really read day. when I'm in a van either. Too. I can read. I'm a reader, dude. but I, dude, a couple pages of reading while I'm in a moving car, and I'm just like, I gotta uh, stop. At one point, 
it was at the point where like I could da- I could like download episodes of shows I liked on my iPad and like watch it, and then it would like change it. So I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck if it's a twelve hour drive. I'm gonna watch a whole season if I can, you know. So, but that was like later on. I don't even remember like that was way later on when that was that was available. That made a huge difference. Podcasts were brand new um, back in two thousand nine and and ten when I was touring a bunch and. Um, I would just download like Joe Rogan was brand new. It was his first right. year that he and I would just download like a bunch of ones I've already listened to and just like throw it on mm-hmm. there and just listen to him again. Yeah, just like it was exciting. Everyone was like into it, you know. It was like a a fun little thing to kill the time, laugh. Right. You can only listen to so many comedy albums and stuff like like because it's it's good to laugh. I like to laugh a lot. So it's like, right. but you hear the same comedy albums and stuff, you're kind of starts going down a dark hole where you're like mm-hmm. you're like repeating it before it's coming and the jokes are coming and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you're like questioning you're like damn was this shit ever funny was it <laughs> it's so good yeah. is it funny or am i just dumb I yeah it's like damn it's not even funny i was laughing at that shit have you ever gone back to those albums years later and see if it still hits with you not yeah, comedy no. albums i haven't really no I, the only one that really still hits was that david tell album it's like hell oh, yeah dude that's skanks for the memories or something hilarious. yeah dude yeah that one's still fucking funny like i the heard fly it like i fly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> one of my favorite is just all like he's all i don't like to travel much i think it's because my dad used to beat me with the globe anyway dude david tell is a um um master yeah. you know yeah, it's yeah. he's yeah. one of those he's so funny that, like that you're like he's so you there's the musicians musicians he's the comedians comedian yeah. dude yeah yeah the guy yeah. is you never never gonna hit big time but everybody knows how dope he is you know and like all the comedians are like all about who's like he's the best you know they're all like yeah. praise him like all the time it's like him and norm mcdonald those are the two like dude, comedians comedian norm mcdonald yeah. is so funny i love so fucking McDonald. funny dude norm, I've, yeah. I've watched so many clips of him i've like burned it out at the house here like dude. people don't want to see any of that shit yeah, Dirty Work was one of my favorite movies as a kid. That movie was so fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Oh, fuck. I actually went to a live stand-up show last night. No like shit. First oh, yeah? time, like, going out in Orange County uh, since things have opened up a little bit. No and, shit. yeah, it was, like, six, six stand-ups. I saw, like, four of them, including my friend Gabe. Shout out. Fuck Yeah Nation is the production that like put it on. So Did you get any belly laughs or were you just giggling? Dude, it was there was some like, oh, like fucking <laughs> nice. good humor. Like it, was, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. At Bearded Tang Brewery in Orange County in Stanton. Yeah. Sweet, dude. So did you to bring it back? We'll reel it back in. Did your did your parents and stuff? Because my parents um, were super into Return to Forever, uh, you know, uh, Montevishnu. And all, all that kind of stuff. Did they get you into that style of music or did you find that on your own? Um, no, uh, more from like high school and meeting other musicians in high school. And um, mm-hmm. I was in jazz band in high school, but I was terrible. So I, I was in it, wasn't doing a good job, but I met other people who liked a lot of that kind of music. So like meeting them and stuff. Um, my grandfather was a musician, but he didn't really, he didn't really get me into anything, but I, I don't know if there's some weird sort of, uh, you know, genealogy thing there but my grandfather was a trombone player for like gene krupa and like big band era nice. and he played on like a ton of early jazz stuff like way back in the day um Sick. and like he played in like mgm movies and like was a studio kind of trombone player but he it was like by the time i was born he was like you know 30 years done with that like in like dental sales so i never even saw him play any music but he had like videos and dental tapes sales, and stuff like, yeah like equipment or teeth <laughs> like equipment like all right <laughs> i mean what he said i don't know what the fuck he was actually selling you know <laughs> that's just what he told me fucking 
open up the, <laughs> yeah, the code. Dude, got exactly. I got molars over here. I got, <laughs> what are they? Uh, canines over here. Got... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going so to group chat with Cheney and uh, Naveen and they say, what up? What up? Oh, what's up? Thomas, what's, what's up? up? What's up? What's up, dude? Love those people. <laughs> that. Yeah. They're trying to talk me into going in some like bass festival, like electronic bass music festival. I don't know. It's like, you should do uh, it I'm, just to do something. That's what they were saying. They were like, <laughs> Naveen just texted me. He's like, just pretend it's a tech. It's a, basically a technical death metal <laughs> uh, thing with, with bands you don't know. Is what he just said. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a, a lot of, festival. a lot of the, that music is like, if you strip it away from, if you take, you know, if you strip it and just bring it down to like MIDI notes, it is very similar to metal as far as like, yeah, the way the drum beats are and just like, well, like I don't know. Upstep, it's all yeah, about exactly. the breakdown. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's all it's about like, the breakdown. Yeah. And that, sure. same thing with like listening to like Venetian snares or square pusher. Right. Right. When there's some really technical shit in there, dude. Dude, I saw a square pusher. That was one of the last shows, which wasn't even right before COVID, but I don't go to too many shows, but I saw a square pusher at the region out in LA. Like a couple, that was like one of my last shows that I remember going to. And it was fucking awesome. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. That dude is such a sick bass player too. He's such like an underrated. Oh, bass no player. doubt, dude. It, yeah. Pushers. Yeah. always puts on a killer live show dude he's, yeah. he's involved in so many different aspects of his music and he shows it all when he's playing it yeah that's awesome i love that I, shit back to you dude <laughs> <laughs> so i could you're so, definitely more of like a jazz musician though right like you'd consider yourself a jazz bass player. um uh i think i like a lot of that stuff but i definitely don't put in the work to categorize myself as that i think i you know i like that stuff and i take influence from that stuff but I think I wanted to be at one point in my life. And then I realized how like a daily thing it is. And I was like, I'm good on that. I'm just going to, I'll be like a six out of 10 and just be happy with it. <laughs> so yeah, you're I, li to... I like that kind of stuff. I like a lot of that kind of music. I like metal music. I like, uh, you know, I like punk and hardcore music. I like all kinds of stuff. Were you, you were already jamming that style of music or listening to that style of music before Faceless started. Yeah. So me and Keen, Michael Keen, we played, um, we played a couple different, like we met and we like instantly kind of connected musically. So we started jamming. We played, we had like some sort of like kind of like funky, like R&B type jazzy kind of stuff we were doing for a while. Then we had like this kind of faith, no more rock kind of thing we were doing for a while and a couple other things we were doing. And then it kind of just, you know, ended up all just the faceless just happened to work out with like starting a metal. We wanted to be in like a metal band mm -hmm. and uh, write metal. Because it was challenging so you guys, and it was cool. You guys were like, okay, we both vibe, we both can jam together. Right. Let's let's play all these different styles that we can to figure out where we work the best. I don't think it was that premeditated. Oh, okay. I, I just think it was just kind of like we just like playing music, and for whatever yeah. reason, like we met each other in high school, um, and it just like clicked musically. Like we just um, like he he was a much better, he was much further along than I was. I would say. And, but we had a very similar like uh, vocabulary as far as like music that we would like to play or like licks that we would play or just things that we worked good together, like playing together. And it just, it just worked out. And we hung out a lot. Like we were like hanging out all the time playing music. And then um, the faceless kind of like we, we didn't start it as a joke, but it wasn't as serious until like we realized that, oh, you know, we're actually onto something here. And then we kind of flipped that switch and, and kind of dove head into it and, and tried to do it all the time and like made it a big priority and stuff. 
What was the hmm. first song? I mean, was there on the first uh, Echo, whatever, Echo demo? Blah, blah, blah. What, was the, <laughs> what was the first uh, song? Is that uh, the first song you guys ever wrote? Is, is it on that album? No, not? there was one other song um, that never re- was released. It was just kind of like, but it wasn't like, it wasn't super serious. It was kind of like a, I don't know, like Black Dahlia at the Gates kind of Swedish type thing. And it had like a breakdown in it and had like some keys and shit. So it had the same vibe of that record, but it was just totally like, let's fucking write a metal song and throw as many metal riffs as we can in this song. Huh? You know, it wasn't like very yeah, yeah. serious. Um, and we have like two two of our buddies like saying, so like two different people singing different parts on it. So uh, yeah, you had, had a, you had a, you had an old singer because when I first saw you guys, um, it was uh, with Necrophagist at some festival in LA um, with Discord oh, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And I think you guys- The LA Metal Fest. Yeah, I think that was the last time. I think Derek told me that was the last time that they had- the older yeah. singer um, we, we had like two or three different singers before derek there's like random people from our area in la um just our friends and stuff and then we we are w- we our first like real tour it was like a really short tour was with taste of blood and so and someone else i forgot who but our like van broke down and we like missed it and our singer at the time like just booked a plane flight home and like left and we were like stuck in the desert and then we rented a minivan and figured it out and we had our other friend try to fill in for us and we finally made it to like the last two shows on that little like Southwest tour. And then like we train wrecked a song because like we were all stressed out. We don't know what's going on. Like Derek was like clowning us for, for tra- tracking the song. And then like <laughs> we just like ended up being cool. Derek and we're like, hey, you should be in our band because you are really sick at doing vocals. And our band is going to be sick. So let's just do it. And then he like joined the band and that kind of worked. It really worked out because it just was a perfect fit, you know? Yeah. I plan yeah. on having Derek on here. Well, I'll probably talk more about it, but. Me and Derek literally went to like preschool. Like yeah. many you guys go like way back. Years, like three years old. We were yeah. in the same like preschool together. We went to catechism together. And it was just a trip like when we finally toured together, like being like like in the middle of nowhere and being like, dude, we're like on tour together now in a in death metal bands. <laughs> and like yeah, and we that, went to catechism just, together. It's yeah. just crazy how that works out. Totally. It's such a trip, man. Such a it's trip. So well, I mean, crazy. I'm super glad you guys got him because Man, he is that that's the man right there. I love that guy. He that's is, literally yeah. one of my favorite human beings. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Killed it. He fucking killed it on that record, dude. Yeah, totally. I love Derek. Yeah, he's yeah. uh his vocals are just awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I might have a bit of a bias, but I, I think he's one of the best metal vocalists, like just there is straight up, you know. Yeah, yeah. I could I could definitely put him up there for sure. I mean he just um the sound of his voice is just so unique. I just love how fucking chill he is, and then he gets on stage. He's like, he's all, "What's up, man? How's it going, dude?" And just gets up there, like, like fucking, like with the claw and shit, and like commanding everyone and shit. And I'm just like, and he just comes like, "Hey, thank you, I appreciate it." He's <laughs> like, he's like super chill, dude. Like smooth D, man. That guy, Demon Carcass, dude. Oh yeah, that's the man. Fuck yeah. So, man. so you guys got um, when did the Acodelma uh, get uh, released? Why don't you just try and just why don't you say the first album? Just say the first Alcadema Al- yeah. Al- well, Just say the, the blue one. It has a blue cover. There, how do you say it? Alcadema? Alcadama? Acoldama? I guess I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> you don't even know. It's Acoldama, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. So that she was uh, it was, <laughs> to both of you. <laughs> it was 2006. So we, we had like we had a couple of songs that were like on a demo that we had, and then we had like a slew of drummers that were like playing for us at the time, and then we had these other songs we were working on for a newer album, but then we like met, like we got cool with Ash and like the whole Sumerian thing. So like, fuck, we need an album. So we just kind of smashed it all together 
and released this kind of weirdly incoherent album uh, with four drummers on it. Because like some of the songs you could tell sound like earlier, and then some of the songs are a little bit more like they're not full on to the planetary duality level of like sound, but they're kind of on that side, you That's know. Right. So it was just kind of like oh. all thrown together. It wasn't very cohesive where planetary duality was all written I totally forgot at, at the same that. time. Yeah, yeah dude, we had four drummers on that album, yeah, but it was because because yeah. that thing was recorded over like two years or something. It wasn't yeah. like we were like went into the studio and like cut an album. Yeah. It was just like. Remember when I jammed with you guys? I was gonna say, yeah, you came through yeah. and jammed with us that one time. <laughs> yeah, I like I, I didn't know the songs very well though, and I was like, I, know. Oh, I was like talking, I was like, I practiced them some, but I wasn't very like you know right. tight on them and stuff. It was fun jamming. That was fun though. Yeah, but, th- sure. but then De- decrepit got those tours offered, and I was like, oh, I gotta do that, you know? Yeah. Like, but man, it was fun. We like went to Mexican food afterwards and shit. Yeah, out in L.A. And, and our, that old studio. That's the studio where we recorded yeah. Planetary Duality in North Hollywood. Yeah, it was a shitty studio. Has like roaches all in it and stuff. I remember when we were recording, <laughs> yeah. uh, we were recording Planetary Duality. It was like a roach like got stuck under my foot, in between my foot and my sandal, and I was like, oh, like throwing it. So <laughs> dude, wait, no you way. Were, you were recording in sandals, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> With a roach I mean, in the sandal, I was, Anthony. I'm the sandal guy, dude. I'm the dude. sandal guy too. Not so much anymore. I wear shoes a lot now, but um, at that point, I was a big sandal guy. Have you worn sandals on stage? Oh yes, many times. Yes, oh, dude. Another for Anthony. On my team. <laughs> or, I am or, building a team. I don't think I've worn sandals on stage, but I've taken them off and been barefoot a lot. Dude, oh, I, I accept yeah. that. You're still on the team, dude. Early days, and then I switched to shoes because I think I, like I stepped on something. It wasn't fun, so I switched to shoes. I uh, I switched to shoes one time because we had to f- uh, uh, follow abuse, and they used oh, shit. real pig entrails and shit that they threw oh, on the stage, and nobody cleaned it up after, dude. Yeah. So I literally had to put severed. I had to fucking do the Las Vegas Metal Fest, stepping on. Oh anything. yeah. Dude, I think like you should commit to the sandals, dude. In that scenario, <laughs> dude, I just didn't want to catch it. I didn't want to catch a uh, intestine in between my big toe and my whatever next toe it is. <laughs> Times you got to get that, you know. Get, get that's awesome. W- Can we wiggle in? That's just so dumb. I'm just gonna say that shit is so dumb to do that. Like I get the point of it, but no, it's like, give it, me a break, dude. Yeah, it's like really, <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta yeah. an extra step to go to a show. We gotta stop at a butcher yeah. and get some fucking well, discard pile. Yeah, it's like. It's like you got the merch over here. You got buckets of intestines over here. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, I think we uh, Brandon's frozen. Oh no, yeah, he's like, uh, oh, he froze on an all right picture. Of so what can we say? There he is. 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 We've all had the frozen face, dude. My face is probably frozen <laughs> in the first few episodes. Probably in some pretty faces, dude. You were all right. I want to give a shout out too of the fucking those first couple faceless albums. How fucking sick is Steve Jones, man? I was gonna say. Oh yeah. So me and me and Michael are jamming. In the very beginning, I played guitar, and then once Mm. we started like being serious, I was like, I can't play this shit. I play bass. I don't even play guitar. So we need to find like a real guitar player who can like play all this like harmonies and sweeping and shit. And then like there was this kid at our school named Steve Jones who just like we met up with him and he came over and then he just was like killing it dude steve is the, the man he's the man so man. like what uh, i i have to ask because you're recruiting everybody from high school like yeah in my, all in high school in my hometown like it was me and my buddy dan you're the only ones that were into death metal if you wanted to be in a band you'd be covering deftone songs or anything else because that's what anybody else right. was playing in high school so you you're you're 
recruiting all these people from your high school? Like, what's the metal scene like at that time? Are a bunch well, of people? I guess I'll say that at that time. Not a. I don't know if there was a bunch of people into extreme metal at that time. I mean, I think there was a lot of like, you know, crossover, like between the Barry to me, Dillinger escape plan kind of stuff that a lot of people were into and, and metal too. But I think honestly, just like being in LA, there's like a ton of musicians and mm-hmm. musicians have kids and there's tons of musicians in LA. So like, it was, was it never a, big high school? a hard situation. Yeah. We had 4,000 kids. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we never had trouble. Like I knew like 10 people who play bass who were like better than me, like at all points in my life. So it was just really cool to be around like a ton of musicians all the time who were all good. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So I think that's where we're lucky to be birthed in my body that I had no choice of in LA. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the environment that you would want to be in, right? Is, is to be tested by everybody around you. If you're, I think that like, yeah, for sure. You know, in in a situation where you have nobody else around you to compare yourself to, right? I don't know if that would push you as fast because of the you know healthy competition that happens in adolescence or after. You know, I I think a hundred percent. I think a hundred percent. I think it does a really good. It's really good to be the worst musician in a group of good musicians because it it really makes you get better fast and if you're like the best musician out of your group of friends then like you don't you subconsciously mm-hmm. don't have a push to get better you will mm-hmm. you might still get better based on your own drive but you know you don't get better by by you know staying at the same level with other with being the best all the time you have to be uncomfortable and be like oh shit that guy's fucking good i want to be like that yeah that's <laughs> it is it is definitely like some or girl guy or girl yeah it's all yeah. An, it, kind of an ego thing you know it's like you see somebody doing better than you. You want to get to that and then exceed it. So you can be like, ha ha, <laughs> you know, right, right. but that's, that's kind of like how you think at that time, you know, before you, your frontal lobe fully develops and all that right. kind of shit. It's like, that's, that's like the thing is like, Oh, that dude's doing that. I like it. I want to do it better than him. I want to be like Mike, dude. Yeah. Be like Mike. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but okay, Steve, so though, you- going back to, I would say go back to Steve. Steve yeah. is like a savage, awesome shredder guitar player. He's like, I don't think he gets enough credit just in the scene totally. of how good he is. Exactly. And anyone who's toured with him or seen the faces like multiple times, like back in that era, just knows that he's like so sick and his playing is so clean. And he actually wrote a lot of sick riffs on those first two albums. So he's like a really, uh, just an awesome dude. I still keep in touch with him. We, um, you know, shoot music, uh, things back and forth like just for fun and jam on stuff and when i see him every now and then i love then you go to, then you go to the strip club and then you oh, no. <laughs> no. wasn't he wasn't he like a manager of a strip club or something uh yeah i believe so okay maybe i don't know if that's supposed to be yeah. talked about. <laughs> that's that was the rumor i don't know if that's true i will but, not uh, confirm no, or deny you gotta make the scratch bro you gotta make no, the scratch one thing about steve that i always noticed and me and him like me and him hit it off on tour a bunch we did three tours or something together um was that the dude fucking doesn't open his goddamn eyes at all playing guitar like he barely opens his eyes he's like always i was always in the front trying to like trying to get him to look at me and just like acknowledge right. me and he would never he's just always got his eyes closed playing those riffs like yeah and that always blew my mind like he's just that headbanging blows, in his own yeah. zone yeah. he and he got really he's he got one thing about steve too that I, I he taught me a lot of stuff he taught me lighting like he was really into lighting like a light like he would do lights for for the headliners who he do lights for right. like and like he would just we'd get there early at the at the gig and then like sometimes we play like house of blues or some fat gig 
and he'd show me the lighting like the fucking crazy lighting boards and he would just like be there just Dude. trying to memorize it like in the beginning you know he's just that kind of guy he doesn't have any he doesn't like practice lighting at home he's just like a really creative like outlet type person that just like if he gets into something he just like his ramp from zero is like to, to whatever level it is is just so quick he just he yeah just gets all involved in it a funny story from steve the I remember oh. fucking hey what's up? hey we gotta yeah, we get a cat every episode what's up <laughs> cat cat cali death podcast exclusive get the fuck how, out how of many here. Think, <laughs> <laughs> how many have we had now probably it's got to be over five at least no cats? it's got to be like 10 or 15 really yeah, yeah. like yeah, but uh, all the cats. I mean, sure. if you we're all yeah. zooming from home, dude. Every, anybody who's got a pet, my, is eventually gonna. All right, my cat's asleep right now. Maybe but, I'll, uh, bring, I'll bring down my tarantula for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but another funny uh, Steve story with the lighting is that he would he would teach me to do lighting for Faceless. So I was doing because I knew all the songs and all the changes and everything. I had them all memorized. Oh, that's sick. So I I knew exactly like what to do, like where to stop. And he was the I think I'm the only person in history. I feel like. Where he looked at me and was just like more lighting. He was like telling me to like like tell. He's not telling the sound guy more or whatever. He's Were you his hero? Did you did you make it happen? <laughs> Yo, did you make the lighting happen? Oh yeah, yeah. Because he knew he showed me what to do, and so I was doing it. And he was like on stage from like I was like way back, and he was like going like he's all more or lighting <laughs> i was like shit it's like the the band's telling me to do more lighting i'm like fuck that's funny that's yeah. funny what no. do you mean dude bring it up i miss that guy no, I, I talked to him on um i mean we we only we were social media friends pretty much he's he's yeah. still keeps in contact though it's pretty cool to still see him around i wish you i really wish he would like play music still because yeah he his guitar I've... playing was amazing I recorded some shit with him. I recorded this kind of like 90s, like rock shoegaze song kind of, I don't even know how to explain it, but he played I play guitar on that. And I wrote this like yeah. black metal type, uh, like it's kind of like rock, like prog mm -hmm. rock, but black metal, he kind of like enslaved or something. Yeah. And he recorded on that and I just have it and I haven't done anything with it. And I probably should, but it's just like on my hard drive. Explain God. shoegaze to me, dude. I, I hear the word, I see the word, and I probably know plenty of bands that play it, but I, I don't know what the definition of It's just like a late 90s kind of indie emo thing where they use a ton of effects and like airy vocals, and it's kind of like kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out what makes shoegaze and post-rock different. Cause I hear like <laughs> I hear I probably, hear shoegaze, probably nothing and black metal all in the same like right. right thing now like there's a whole little like bubble up of a genre that's incorporating all that so it's a lot of reverb and like i just an area ethereal kind of vibe and all that stuff's probably the same all those genres are just kind of whatever you know it could be the music is whatever it is more atmosphere they just, than actual like right musically. and i guess they just called it shoegaze just because people were like looking at their shoes because they're on the all on the effects you know so like at that time that's what the people called it because you know, and don't quote me on any of this. I don't fucking know that much. No, that's fine, stuff. dude. I like <laughs> this. I like this explanation. It's it's making it make sense. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't do my due diligence and actually go read what shoegaze. I just <laughs> see those. I see that being thrown around in this like right. new post black, black metal, metal, right? Post rock mixture of you know like right. uh, um. There's a uh, I can't boss denage or something like that from i i'm probably not pronouncing it correctly but they're from the bay and yeah the same thing post rock right. shoegaze post black metal right like, okay it's like it's kind of sounds like almost like core and black metal are being mixed with this atmospheric undertone right it's kind of grimy and filthy but at the same time like catchy and yeah 
somewhat melodic. So yeah. Speaking of like black metal or post or whatever you want to call it, like have you heard of that band Irreversible Mechanism? I have not. I guess Lyle did drums on it. Oh, uh, on, on I love first Lyle. Album. And yeah, dude, Lyle's amazing. And uh, dude, dude Lyle I just got so into it. It's a really good album, man. Like like Infinite Fields, I think is that album. That yeah, it's like from 2015. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, the, yeah. the second the second album is more like atmospheric shoegazy. The first one's a little more tech death, I'd say. It's like tech um, black death. It's got like keyboards in it, but it's like super yeah. tech death style. Like I, like the I vocals. Didn't hear that. Are, it sounds like kind of like I don't know, like necrophagisty, like obscura vocals or something like that. I think. Um, but I'll check it out. I remember Lyle I listened to uh, dude. He's so good. I, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we were very, or myself, just was, I was very uh, lucky to just get to play with so many, you know, different good musicians. Like, even just jamming with you. Like, so I jammed with you. Naveen did a tour with The Faceless. I played uh, with Lyle mm-hmm. for a long time. I did a, I played a tour with Alex Rudinger for Evan Brewer and yeah. his, like, solo music. He's and I did, sick. I did Alex a tour with them. Insane. So it's like, I've just been yeah. somehow lucky to randomly play with all these good drums. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fuck yeah, yeah dude. dude. Well, I mean, it's not random. I mean, you're a high calorie musician, dude. So <laughs> there's, a, playing but there's like a hundred ever. There's a hundred thousand other. Yeah, but ones of I mean, you're one of them and you got those opportunities and those actually, you know, were, um, I'm, I'm, you were no, able to follow I, through you. with all those, you know, it's like other people who do have, you can even say that, you know, somebody who's better, you better than you still didn't get those opportunities, you know, that's true. Well, so, I have a, I have a, I have a uh, theory on that and I can segue into like how I even got to uh, playing with Cynic. And I think that's what I learned about that. And so like, anyways, I'll take you back. So the faceless, um, we got, uh, we got wind that we got the tour offer for Meshuggah and Cynic and then opening just those three bands, faceless, Cynic, Meshuggah. And for us, that was like insane. Cause those are like the two bands that at that time really like influenced us so much like we love cynic we love mushiga we loved all the other death metal stuff but like for that it was just a really you know it was like i remember like getting that phone call and it was like blew our minds it was like we're like all corny like like you know whatever and uh uh, and then like so we went on the tour and um you know we 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 were cool with cynic and we're you know hanging out with them and stuff like that so then you know after after like my time with the faceless and I was just kind of chilling at home, like working, like doing whatever I was doing. I just heard that, you know, Robin and Timon, the other two guys, like whatever happened, they're no longer in the band. Um, and I was like, fuck it. I live in LA. I know they're in LA. I've toured with them. And I just like, I just like randomly text Paul cause I had his number. And I was like, Hey, can I try out for you guys? Like, I didn't even think, you know, anything of it. Like I just was like, fuck it might as well. I didn't even have plans to actually, that it would actually like go through. And like, they're like, yeah, sure. Can you just do a little video and send a video to us? I was like, sure. And I did that. And they're like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, you know, can you do these tours? And I was like, what? This is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, and then I was like, you know, for me, I was like, I think that like, cause there's, there's a hundred plus other amazing bass players out there on the internet. Right. But I think what a lot of these YouTube like shredder dudes lack is just like experience of like being with people and you don't know if they're cool or if they're fucking weirdos. Like you don't know any of that. So like just knowing that you've already known someone and they're kind of cool. I think it just kind of, you know, you, you'll, you can ease down a little bit on the talent level to like, make sure you're like going to be around someone who's cool. Cause it really does matter. 
That's totally. like, you know, what I kind of realized that, but like they could have had any fucking bass player on the internet, you know, or any other yeah, old bass player point. from like any other band, you know, yeah. it just like happened to work out that like, I mean, I think I did, you know, bust my ass on the stuff and I think I played it pretty good, but um, yeah. I think it was just like, they knew me and it was like, they knew it was going to be a cool situation and it wasn't going to be weird or anything. If you play the songs well, I mean, that's what they want, right? You know, right. Some people but also like you too are well. Well, that's, like, what, that's what, I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, there's a, plenty of people who could probably play the songs well and probably even better yeah. than me, but they might be like weird, antisocial, not cool people that like mm -hmm. aren't going to be fun to be around or aren't going to be like might have like weird drama how, or like, I don't know. How many of those stories have you heard about like, you know, those internet people that get brought into bands and dude. stuff? And then you yeah. talk to, you talk to the band leaders later and they're like, dude, it was a nightmare to her. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't know what the fuck, how to. Because they, because they have no idea. They have no experience with that stuff. So it's like, you know. Yeah. You know. So what what's it like being one of two parts of the rhythm section of that band, dude? It was it was an, it was a uh, very intimidating. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, dude. So I I get the text, you know, and this is gonna be a little sad part because, like, you know, obviously Sean and Sean from the band and what happened with them, yeah. it's super sad. Um, but just kind of remembering like good times about that. Like, I never I've met Sean Malone one time. He was a very nice guy, but I was a huge fan of his. You know, he was like you know, an idol bass player of mine when I was younger. So it's like, it was really cool to like have to learn a lot of those parts. But the first time I showed up to the scenic rehearsal, I get there and it's just me and Sean Reinhardt, just us two with like no other trouble. I was like, what? The? I was like, this is terrible. This is like, there's nothing <laughs> to mask this. It's just like, you're going to hear, and it's an in-ear. So you're hearing every single thing I'm playing, but it, like, it was fine. And it worked out. We like smoked some weed and just jammed and it was fun. Uh, and it was actually good because we got like super tight together and we jammed like that for a couple our rehearsals before any guitars were added or any but i mean it worked out and it was fun but i was like i was just kind of like i was like what the fuck i've never been in this situation before <laughs> yeah yeah you have nothing to fall back on nothing to yeah. hide behind no guitar just... player to play with you no no cues yeah. like i'm listening to the songs i'm jamming to them to the record so like there's cues there's is he eyeballing you while he's playing too like, nah, I, he was, I mean he was cool it was fine like making sure i practice enough at home where yeah but i mean I practiced enough at home where it was fine, but it was just kind of, it was a very intimidating uh, first situation because Cynic was one of my favorite bands mm -hmm. when I, you know, when I was younger and uh, it was just crazy to be like getting into them when they were no longer a band. And then they randomly have a comeback like, well, I never even thought I would be able to even see them again. Then let alone we tour with them. Then let alone I get a chance to actually play with them like on tour. It was just kind of crazy surreal how that happened. So you're, you're, touring the traced in air record still yeah we were touring traced in air and, and retraced then, were you doing the retrace any of the retrace stuff on that yeah tour? yeah we did uh um what's the one song wheels within wheels i guess oh that i love that, did song. that song I like yeah I played that song and then we also it was a mix between that stuff and the carbon-based anatomy yeah album. yeah that so EP. we did that so we did that stuff that's what i played with them how and many tours did you do I did a U.S. tour with them, a European tour with them, the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise. Oh no! And was, then uh, tell us a few tidbits about that too. But keep going. Oh uh, yeah, and then just one. I did one show with them in Mexico City um, on Halloween, which I actually looked it up today before the podcast. So that was in two thousand fourteen. So that was the last time I played any sort of metal show. Was that long ago? Wow. <laughs> Damn. All right, crazy. dude. I gotta go right back to it, dude, because I, I wanted to ask somebody I've never I've never talked to anybody about this seventy thousand tons of metal uh 
cruise. I've never talked to anybody who's been personally on it. So what's it like to be on a fucking cruise ship with just a bunch of fucking death metal and metal heads, dude? It was, it was cool and kind of lame. If I gotta be totally honest, I want I want to hear both sides of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to know so I don't pay for it. My, and, and I'm I'm gonna back you on it. I, there, I would have the both sides of that too. But right. I want to see if mine are the same as yours, even well, though I've been a part of it. <laughs> it was, okay, it was awesome. So like being a musician on it, like I got you know we had to play two shows in five days, and then the rest I was just chilling. So that was awesome. Yeah um it was cool to be there and they were doing the death for all thing too so it was cool to see that because i didn't oh sweet because i personally thought that was kind of like corny and cheesy and like a cover band and i, did, I thought it was kind of whack personally and without you know without having any knowledge on it mm-hmm. and then like i watched the set when we were on that cruise and i was like this is fucking sick like i'm an idiot like this is awesome mm-hmm. so it was you know anyways that that was there so that was cool to see that um but it was just kind of like you know it's like, dog, you're going to wear like boots in black or you're in Mexico. It's like, <laughs> that's one of the questions I was going to ask. It's like, it's just, like how it's are all... these dudes dressed on a fucking cruise ship, dude? Hey, I know right. exactly how I dress on a cruise ship. Right. And I've met so many metal dudes that would be so uncomfortable dressing the way that I dress on a cruise right. ship. I and want I, to know yeah. if these dudes are out no, for in sure. 80 degree weather yeah. fucking yeah. still in their boots. Oh yeah. It's oh. like, so it's like, it's like a European festival, but on a cruise ship in Mexico where it's all hot and tropical. It's like, dude, I get it. I got you. But I mean, come on, dude. It's, it's so beautiful out here. It's so nice. Just enjoy it. Like why are you wearing, yeah, let your balls why are you air out, dude. <laughs> exactly. Feet air out, dude. Like, but, why, your feet I don't want to be in. I definitely don't want to go back to your fucking stateroom for a beer right. after a late night with your fucking shitty socks still yeah. fucking draped exactly. over right. or something. You know, it's just like, ah, dude, come on, let loose, get in some shorts, dude. But but it was cool. I mean, it was an awesome time. There's a lot of good bands that played. I remember just like I was drinking a lot because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I was just probably not just, that big of a ship, right? It's probably it's not like a regular big. cruise ship. It's, I mean, it's pretty big, but I mean, there's nothing. How really many people? Do. How many people go to this thing? I have no so, idea. Maybe like a couple thousand. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Shit. But That's it's a uh, ship then. Yeah. So I remember I was watching Obituary and uh, play on like this main stage outside while I was drinking. It was so fucking awesome. Hell yeah! Is it multiple stages too? Like they yeah. got like the main stage is yeah. what, like where they usually have the comedy thing on this cruise ship no so they got like the outside deck area where like the pool is and they turn that into a whole outside stage and then they have this whole ballroom like giant like maybe like like house of blue style room mm-hmm. and then they have a smaller room and we cycle and like you cycle and play different days and stuff so That's, and i remember I mean, it sounds yeah. pretty fucking cool dude i mean it was cool I'm sure it there's just, aspects yeah. of it that you wouldn't experience until you experience it you wouldn't realize that yeah this is a definitely a con of having a metal festival on a floating ship out in the middle of the fucking Mexican well, ocean and i also like you know i did those two a couple cynic tours and there was like a little break there's like maybe like a year break before that i just got a random call for that cruise thing so like my uh, opinion is kind of skewed because i was in like regular life mode and then just thrown into this metal cruise i was like what the fuck is going on? oh yeah <laughs> dude. no i mean yeah we're being critical right now but i'm sure there's yeah. dudes out there that that was the best thing that ever happened to him you know right 
No, and I think that a lot of people, like a lot of people from Europe, um, it's like their holiday, so they can take the time off and then they go yeah. to the cruise. It's like, and it, yeah. and if, I totally get that. And it, and it was awesome. If you're like, if you want to go and see a ton of metal bands on a cruise ship, like that's probably fucking awesome for you. Yeah, dude, I'm totally just throwing elbows at people's sides right now. I'm really, it, yeah, obviously. Yeah that was like a life-changing thing for at least one dude on that ship you know no, it was awesome i'm just i'm i'm jokingly yeah. talking shit but it was awesome i'm so glad i got to do it it was really fun to oh yeah to be there do you get to did you get to like go to the, like the ruins and like hike around when you're down there um we it was some other place in mexico like it wasn't by tulum or anything like that or chichen itza or anything so i don't really know where it was but I like are you wearing an exist shirt by the way yeah Oh, awesome. My boy, Max Phelps, uh, he was on that with me and me and him took a nice little kayak and went kayaking in the bay. It was nice. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, Max is <laughs> rad. Got this, that, the Exist when they were opening with Obscura and Arch Spire at Beyond Creation, that tour a few years back. Oh, so. hell yeah. Alex. Yeah, Max is a shredder. Yeah. Yeah, Alex is a shredder too. Those guys are awesome musicians. Um. Yeah, dude, I just, I remember like, 70,000 tons like seeing all the pictures of like hiking the ruins and I was like that looks like super sick too so I feel like I could like have a good time on that thing yeah for sure no it was, it was awesome yeah. and I it was when I when I at the time I was really excited to go to go on it but what um, about the other looking back yeah like the other cynic tours like who who who'd you play with when you were out with other bands uh on the U.S. one it was scale the summit and the band three do you know the band three yeah like a prog yeah they're awesome yeah there was them and um and then the european tour was with chimp spanner oh yeah i love and, Chimp Spanner. and some other band i forgot who else i don't know like slayer but it was yeah just like slayer you know no big deal <laughs> yeah but uh dude the 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 cynic stuff was like such a change of pace for me too because they had like they had like a crew and like it was all legit and i was like what is this i like this how was uh how was jamming with uh Paul? Because Paul's always been like my one of my biggest musical influences. Um was awesome. he like yeah, he seems like a super like one of the most down to earth centered guy I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, I mean me and him kinda we became friends when we did the faceless cynic tour. So I was like, you know, uh I had his number with like text every now and then and then um so I already kinda had time like hanging out with him on that tour, but it was cool. He was cool, easy to get along with. Um, the whole the whole situation with that was so um, just like mature for me. Like it felt awesome. It felt like oh, this is like a job. It was cool. Yeah, they've done so many fucking tours and so many bands. And since we were in diapers, pretty much. Yeah, and they were just like older, so I feel like they were like fuck it, we're not roughing it out there. So like they had a band, you know those bandwagons. They had that. Yeah. Uh, in the states, and they had a driver, and they had a guitar tech, and they had a sound guy, and they like loaded everything in and like my they would set up my amp and like pass me the bait and i was like this i was like are you sure like i could just go turn my amp. <laughs> yeah. i think when yeah, i tell uh, people about touring and stuff like the coolest experience i ever had on tour is we had a we had a a tour uh a roadie guy uh meatball and uh he was like he basically would just after every show he'd come up to me and i just got to put my arms up he'd just take my bass away from me i'm like what like i'll just go right. straight to the bar like right this is the I best know. thing that's ever happened <laughs> like this is like because usually it's like after you you're done with your set you're like you're like ripping out cables you got the fucking crew of the other band looking at you like ready right. to like get, get you the fuck off and, and you get really good at it and you get really in that panic mode to get the fuck off you know even and that's how a lot of gear gets all scuffed and fucked up is because you're trying right. to get it off so quickly but just to that was like the coolest that to me that's my coolest tour story is being yeah. able to just i would just take off my base and be like boom yeah. and then just be like all right i'm gonna go ahead and 
just do my thing. It's fine. I mean, Shout out care. to Meatball, dude. It was the best. That yeah. dude was great. Yeah, Meatball was great. Yeah. It was, it was the best. A... I wish I had a Meatball, dude. You do wish. <laughs> <My> <laughs> No, I would, I, poor guy, I would fuck with him all the time because I, I, you know, me and him were friends and stuff. And he'd be, he stands on the side of the stage and the, we had a, you know, him and like the tour manager on the other side of the stage. And I would always just look at him like, 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 what the, like this? He'd run on stage, like, what's going on? I'm like, I whisper, I'm just fucking with you, dude. I'm just kidding. Like, he just run off stage, like, all the time. I'd be like, dude, what the fuck's going on, dude? Like, what? And he'd just like be like, oh, oh, like, come run on stage. That's funny. But yeah, uh, that's, I love him, though. He was on it though, you know. There's yeah, like a, like a symbol stand falls over and meat pulls out there, just yeah, immediately just like getting it back yeah. up. But that's that's awesome, man. There's still those those same people, you know. A lot of those road crew people that we dealt with on tour and stuff are still. They just got bigger gigs now. Like Johnny Nobbs is what he's uh, oh, yeah. Campbell, Campbell Corpse now. Oh, he's yeah, he's yeah. our manager and yeah. fucking sound guy now. So I was just like... I was just talking to him the other day, man. He's yeah. he's living the dream out in uh, Cosmo, Mexico, diving and shit. Fuck Hell yeah, it's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome, that's it. sick, dude. Dude, Cannibal, I'll say like just from back, you know, faceless days in touring, like Cannibal was one of the coolest headlining bands that we ever toured. Like they were so nice and like all chilling with us. Like you guys need waters. Like they were just so cool, man. Because we, awesome. you know, we ran into some other bands that are definitely not like that. So I just got to give them a shout out. I love Cannibal. They're fucking oh, yeah. Sick. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's Hoping awesome. to get those guys on here pretty soon. If we can, that'd be awesome because uh, oh, yeah. they're definitely... They are, that is the band, them and Suffocation that get brought up on every single episode. Yeah. That's Dude, like, I mean, if you really think about it, though, they brought out so many underground bands with them. Right. Mm-hmm. They Dude, we, really, yeah. like, reached out to, they they made it possible, they, they knew what it was like. That's what it was. You know, they're remembering, right. you know, what it was like to grind and really just you know, and so bringing up the bands that they feel fit to be on those tours from the underground, dude, is totally yeah. something that I know that I know personally people who, you know, bands that have been on there that totally are so grateful after. And they say they have a fucking great time. It's I've never heard one bad story about going on a cannibal tour. Right. Dude, we went to uh, the Faceless went to Japan with Cannibal and Misery Index and it was it was fucking awesome. That was like one of my uh, other favorite times I remember. Just uh, those shows were awesome. And those guys were just so cool, and you know, they just didn't—they didn't ever make you feel like you know you're just some shitty opening band or anything like that. Yeah, they're they're into it, man. They're like yeah. Alex and stuff. They're like they're—it's kind of like Trevor from uh, Black Dahlia. He's just into it. Like he is into right. bands. He's into finding music and bringing them out. You know. Yeah. One time, well, I remember Alex. He was like, he was like, I like that you actually like play bass lines in like the metal music. It's cool. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad that someone noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually trying that. to play bass lines. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask about the the iconic uh, ancient covenant intro? Did you come up with that bass line yourself? Uh, yeah, I did, but it was like unrelated. It just the weird part about it. So like, it was just some tapping thing that I was working on at home that was like way slower and a part of it, it was only like a chunk of it because it's only one chord yeah. and then i was like showing it to michael one time he's like dude that's actually the same chord at the end of you know like the prog part at the end with like the vocoder and stuff yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually like a, it's the same kind of chord as that so he's like dude that'd be cool because it, it's like chromatic walk down into the riff at the beginning and then at the end it's like the same kind of vibe so we just kind of threw it on at the end it wasn't like it was just like we just added it. i was like hey could i get a riff dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I remember your just, your yeah. break in uh the I remember you were the that bass break in I forget oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christ 
Yeah, Xenocris. You would like come up to me every like all the time, and be like, dude, I don't want to do the base break. You don't want. I don't want to do it. Yeah, you're like, you like, like, I'm gonna fuck it up. I don't want, and you never yeah. did, but you always was like, dude, I'm gonna fuck it up. This fucking sucks. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I just like, felt, it was time. one of those things that I thought was cool, and then later I was like, I wish I never did that. Dude. I don't even want that on the album. <laughs> you're all the spotlights on me. I hate it. it fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't want to. Fucking... Yeah. That's, That's happening awesome. like vocal parts, dude. Like we, you do it in the, uh, you do it in pieces in the studio and then you could do it live and you're like, fuck dude, what was I thinking, dude? <laughs> Button up all these words <laughs> in one spot to where I, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> at the end of it. And you're just like, ah, oh, why did I do that? Cause you're, you're just like, oh, I got things to say. I want to put it in here. You know, it's like, you don't think about what the live aspect. Right. Is. And like that bass break is like tapping. So it's like, yeah, it sounds good like a recorder but it's like i don't got money for new strings my strings are dead it's not like shit if i tap I think that's what you're tripping on too yeah, yeah. and you know, <laughs> when you're coming out of the riff too you have to like prepare for like you know your tapping parts coming up or like when you know yeah. your, your 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 solo parts coming up and like yeah you're on a riff that's like on the yeah, you're like on the fucking second fret and you're like shit <laughs> it's, kind of, and you're it's like, around the corner little, you're like Here shit i gotta comes. give it some give it an extra note or something like spacing right. of miss a couple things just to get to it yeah right. i definitely know the feeling yeah that's fucking <laughs> <laughs> stressful and and then you're thinking about it like three riffs ahead like behind like you're right. thinking about it like way beforehand and it fucks you up even more to like 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 oh shit i got that coming up like in, in two bars it's coming it's coming it's coming like it just it would always fuck me up dude and that, like, that, that was like kind of my mindset uh towards like when i left the band also i was like i was like damn dude this shit i'm like we're playing this hard-ass music i gotta put all this time in to play this shit and it's like no one i mean people care but it was like you know i'm like what what for like why are we killing ourselves to play this hard ass music <laughs> for like it's like i can't even pay my bills <laughs> do you know what you mean dude? I don't know what you're i'm just joking but you know but i mean i kind of thought that i was like damn this shit's like we really chose the hardest music to play for like the, for yeah. the least fans no, in the world, sure. especially like coming sure. me coming from like a, a reggae town, like um, like and people are just going like you know, they're just doing they're just chilling and they're fucking selling out the biggest venues yeah, in yeah. town. It's exactly. all for us, dude. With the That's... most beautiful women, and like we're sitting here yeah. with like a bunch of hairy dudes that like yeah. we're bitching about twenty dollars a ticket price. Yeah, with their and they're just like sitting there going like sick. Oh, he fucked that part up. He fucked that yeah. part up. Did you yeah. see it? Like exactly. we're, like you know, it's like it's one of those. It's definitely like. I don't know. Right. It's, it's what happens when you start getting into like, you know, music that like you start wanting to progress like, oh, this is crazy. It turns out the competition thing gets you. Right. 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 It kind of gets you. It pushes you right. there because you're like, this is gnarlier. This is gnarlier. This is gnarlier. And then like you just see like the ra ratio of like women dropping off. It's just so, like, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, it's, just like, it's just like, all right. Well, ninety-eight dude. <laughs> I like I like with metal too, like like tech metal or death metal or whatever. Like I like that. Like the trajectory is like crazy, crazy, crazy. And then like it's kind of like and it's kind of what's the point though and then they kind of knock it back to like a mid-tempo with like sick riffs the groove is like okay there we go let's, yeah let's, yeah bring let's it back. right here yeah, yeah it's a sweet spot There's yeah the sweet spot, spot where it's still yeah exactly where it's like it it you know some speed picking and some sick riffs but at a good mid-tempo where it's like feels good i like that totally yeah now, especially nowadays i've uh i was even joseph was in town and um that band uh discarnate from uh, on unique leader they're like the three-piece band that's kind of like it sounds like a mixture of gojira uh white chapel and dying fetus but it's just in the pocket it's just chunking mm -hmm. and they're just like they're the riffs are the easiest things i've ever heard in my life 
but they just did them there's correctly a, it's like you a know, tempo like, and there's like a chill. tempo that they like there's an average tempo that all humans like to move to. exactly you know? yeah. yeah it just gets my like <laughs> pop my gets my pop yeah. brain going it's like, pop, i can, right. I I can do yeah. this while i'm holding conversation i right. can and i, I can rhythmically <laughs> well dude and if you get that tempo with like the sick uh you know speed picking like you know the death metal shit that's all sick and it just really sounds really good you know totally, it grooves totally. hard and there's there's bands that like nowadays, especially because it's you know we have an influx of so many bands that are doing the crazy technical stuff. But they'll do like the they'll, they'll like compact the technical thing to like a crazy technical part, and then just go to the chunking right. easy part, right, and right. it's like crazy technical like like the rings of Saturn, like <laughs> and then like a yeah. breakdown. I'm like ah, ah, it's like freaking out like on you like Jesus. It's like people are looking for these like okay, well they're they're shredding, dude, but like they can groove though still too, and that's like yeah, I mean yeah. it's more like a I mean not that a band I really listen to, but. It's still like people, you know, nowadays they've found they're kind of, you know, that's why like those kind of bands are getting bigger, but they're, they, right. they shred, but they're, they're bigger than an average technical death metal band because they're mixing it up with like the, the dumb pop brain mixed with the super technical, you know, shreddy brain, you know, right. like bringing it, reel it, reeling it back in, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Well, for, for me, like the sweet spot for me, cause like, I don't listen to a whole lot of uh, death metal these days, honestly, but the bands that I still do like, like, I like, like decapitated, like surreption. I like those kind of like groovy, you know, those kind of bands I like a lot. They have solos, but not all the time. It's not like, you know, super crazy. It's not necessary shreddy. to have a solo. Yeah. It, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if it's it just fits, like, put yeah. it. hit me like, with the sick riffs. I just like hearing the sick groovy, like turnaround, you know, funky death metal riffs. Especially like when you start getting like nicer sound systems in your car and stuff, you're like, yeah, all right, I want those fucking those. I want to groove, dude. Like yeah. I just want to groove. You know, that's that's because yeah. I've always and had a shitty sound like system. Fast double bass parts. You still want to feel the punches. You don't want to feel the vibration. That's slowing the tempo down. So those, right. you know, what are 16, 30 seconds or whatever. And you want to look sick you with your window chest. down. You want to look sick with your window <laughs> down. Like looking at people going like, fuck yeah, this is not like. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, wasn't, I'm drinking. Wasn't there a wasn't there a video of a old like a old dad just like rocking out to the new? Oh like a, yeah, in well, traffic, like old right? dad. He's like he's yeah. like an afford escort, like a '90s escort. He's like yeah, fucking, he's definitely he's like, qualified to be a grandpa. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking but he was down, down, dude. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, dude. I feel what he's feeling. That's gonna be a newer generation of of things of like, you know, us and stuff is gonna be like, yeah, that's like a, old like, you know, like gray haired dudes with glasses on with New Balances just fucking <laughs> getting down. You know, it's like it's no more like reel, reeling in the years with Steely Dan. It's gonna be like fucking, oh yeah, fucking. Fucking uh, fucked with a knife, dude. This is a sick one. <laughs> yeah, no. That, that's one thing that's going to go out the window is conversation about, like, song content. Unless <laughs> the dude that is in his 60s with you knows what the fuck is up with fucked with a knife, dude. God, how <laughs> awkward is it to talk to to death non-death metal people about death metal, man? I'm, I know. I'm just I know. Like, it's, like, one of the most awkward things, like, I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. I know. Is, I know. Like, every time it comes up, it's like, what was your band name? I'm like, I don't I've I've actually said this many times brandon i've said i've said oh i was in the span of the faceless i don't know like, like it's like an old it's like an old person i'm like i don't want to say the band name dude. i don't want to say decrepit birth i'm not in the mood to, an odious mortem i'm yeah. not really dude. i'm like a band's like the faceless and i don't know other bands i'll say that and they're like they'll be like cool sounds cool and i know they're not going to check it out so i'm like right yeah like just, it's, a it's a nice easy like let them into it like you know i don't know it's the way to do it 
my uh my grandma when she was older she had a she had a little bit of all time she had like you know an old person kind of mind situation she's always like oh what's your band all oh, the faceless the faces with rod stewart and i'm like yeah grandma rod stewart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude if we're gonna talk about grandmas i to, my my grandma my nana found out about o- odious mortem but she missing misheard it as odorous mortem but she also knows latin so she was like odorous mortem huh and i was like <laughs> and then she's like you know that smell that that's smelly death right <laughs> My dad was, like, and I go, no, no, it's odious, Mortem, yeah. hateful death. Come on, come on. We're not yeah. that far. We're not going yeah. that far off. And I was like, actually, my my truthful explanation was, I I, I joined the band after they already named it. Right, Nana, right. So. I mean, as I, far uh, as death metal names, I had nothing go, to do with that one. As far as death metal names go, odious Mortem is pretty pretty PG, dude. It is. Yeah, it, it yeah, actually it is. flows off the ma- the tongue pretty yeah. nice too. It's not, it's not insanely offensive right off the bat. You know? No, you dying, know your it's Latin. not dying. It's not dying fetus. You know, dying fetus. Yeah, yeah. Harsh That's a rough one. That's, That's a, a rough, rough shirt one. to wear. <laughs> That's definitely a rough shirt to wear, unless it's the oh, old man. school logo that nobody can read. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the cranial impalement logo. Then you're like, all right, I could pass yeah, this yeah. off in public without having to answer any questions to anybody. <laughs> That's why, you know. I gotta say, the faceless is a good name. You know, that's a good. Uh, that's a good name. Yeah, you can yeah. just yeah. sail right by everything. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> what kind of band is it? I don't know. It could be anything. Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. we're yeah. faceless. <laughs> um, no, it's. Oh, go ahead. I so at the the comedy show I went to, I was with this friend of mine now, and he wore a Cannibal Corpse shirt. And we're like going up to the brewery front, which is like close to the stage. <clears throat> and the comedian's just like riffing and he's just like, What's up, dude? You're wearing a cannibal corpse shirt? Yeah, this guy fucks dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows what's up. That guy he knows about cannibal, dude. And and uh, he was there with a chick too. Like <laughs> just like called out. Right? Was that a new date? Everybody. He might have killed it on the new date. Uh you know what? The I'm new pandemic gonna, date. First I, pandemic. I, I know what pandemic date. And, it it didn't get killed, I'll tell you that. But uh, all right, there you go. Oh, mm. oh. Yeah. kudos to homeboy. Yeah, you hear that? Two thumbs he, up. He knows he's he's watching, so he'll fucking hear it. So shout out. Get it in, son. <laughs> Cheers. Oh man. What were you saying about your uh, your your dad, Casey, and the the band name? He's gonna unmute. Think he muted. Oh, oh, that kind of odious, yeah. Sorry, no, that's just stupid. Just a joke in the world, but yeah, like he'd be like, he's like, oh, odorous modem. We got like a stinky computer or something. (laughs) Such a dad joke. Come on, dad. Such a dad joke. So bad. No thought put into that joke. Do my exes? My exes. uh, I think my ex deep on that. My ex is a ex is a family minus dude. (laughs) Nah, dude, I give him a C plus B minus dude. Okay. My ex's family was from uh, Romania and and told the mom like uh, this decrepit birth and she's all to crap the birth. (laughs) 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 And I was all no 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 no. it's not. I mean I I want it to be that now but it's not it. (laughs) Isn't like a like a Benjamin Button situation would be a decrepit birth you know you're born yeah yeah. The, the, the best ever was in Europe. They called us Secret Bird. It was it was uh, Montreal, dude. Montreal, was, was Montreal. it? Okay, yeah. okay. dude. That's because you know they go they, they well they say birth they say they say bird, so they say it. 
<laughs> so they would be like, right. for some reason, they found secret bird they thought was like the funniest yeah. fucking. I think it was Naraxis or Augury or something. <laughs> oh, Naraxis. And, uh, yeah, and they were, yeah. or it might have even been Black. We toured with so many of those bands, but like. One of them was like they wrote it on all of our merch, like secret bird, and they would yeah, all like high exactly. five, like we got yeah. you, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? I know that actually that made it funny. The fact that they thought it was so fucking funny, and that we were like secret bird, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I don't know. And I guess you got us. Like now, I mean, yeah, I want to get got. <laughs> it's the whole Smurf That's thing funny. too. Your cup yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That whole area is so crazy how there's so many good bands in that region, you know? I know. I know. It's I think it's that there's uh, pockets, dude. Well, they have that like what you're talking about, there's still it's very heavy in that area. Oh, you're talking about the uh, adolescent um competition. Um oh, they're yeah. very competitive out there. I think it's cuz it's cold too. So they're inside playing guitar I was, and that too. And cold. I was going to say hockey. That's super competitive sport. That's yeah, up yeah. there. You know, um it's competitive to the point where they're like, they like, there's when they put their kid in school is, de, you know, how they're doing it strategically for them to be like excelled in hockey when they get to a certain age. I think that, uh, <laughs> no, I do feel that there is kind of like, there is, um, people are very serious about their middle out there and, and, and they see, you know, they're, they're out there like, watching you and they will they will tell in like what trevor was, um from black dollar has been joking about like they'll be like oh you were good i mean last time was better but you guys were good. you know they'll say stuff like that you know so they're like very like trying to find the cutting edge and, and they have very right. high standards uh for what they what they find good it's rad dude we interviewed joe lester and now we're interviewing you and we just interviewed um jacob from well interview i'm the one that treats it like an interview everyone else is just hanging but uh we're like meeting all the metal bass players in LA area basically through the show. And you're all out here awesome. for some reason. Yeah. That's awesome. I love Joe, man. Joe's an awesome dude and he's an amazing bass player. Yeah. And uh yeah, Jacob from Defeated Sanity moved to LA recently and he's out here too. And oh sick. He did one of the episodes with us. And uh Hell yeah. Yeah, good times. Yeah, I was gonna thank you guys for uh ex- you know, extending it out to people who haven't played a metal show in seven years. Oh, dude. I mean, part of the, you know, <laughs> like it's the, 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 the podcast has like changed over time. Like Casey and I started it with like a certain idea and then Joel and Anthony joined and it totally changed. Uh, and now it's just kind of like anyone they know, which is like so many people. Um, it's awesome. And it's great. But like, I don't know. I, we, have you done a podcast before this? Nope. This is my first time ever yeah. doing anything like this. So like it's cool because we're like getting people that wouldn't go on these other ones that are out there. Like right. they have our niche kind of thing, and uh, so I, was, I think I was kind of I was kind of like weird. I was like I don't know. Like I've never done anything like this before. But uh, you know, like my job, I talk. I do zooms like all fucking day, all the time. Yeah. So you know, I was just like it's just work. You're just doing work right now with a beer. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like like joel and i have like kind of opposite like i like have the idea of like writing a book on all this stuff eventually so I, like for me i'm like getting source material kind of but then oh, yeah. like no one else is thinking about it like that but like that different perspectives make it what it is which is like right. an amalgamation of it so you always you always need the two to uh you know come con- complementary people too because like I feel like even with music, like that's where I struggle. Like I want to find like one other person that I can make music with that that just makes a connect. I always feel like two people really 
really help out. Like one person isn't always enough. And I think it's just really good to have contrasting people involved with anything, whether it's a business or music, because if you have too much redundancy, it just doesn't work out. Like I've seen, you know, jobs I've worked for where they have two people who are, who like are co-business owners and they're like both focused on sales and then no one's focused on the creative part. And just, it's, you need someone to contrast Same with music. You need like contrasting ideas. And I, I just, you know, what I'm basically saying is anyone out there, if anyone wants to make music, I need another person. There you go. <laughs> Looking for a partner. Well, you have been making some new music. Do you want to talk about yeah. your newest Steve project? Jones. Oh yeah. I mean, I, uh, we released like a song with this hardcore band that I was starting with Derek and, uh, uh, Michael Shear, who played keyboards in the faceless on Aquadama. He's actually playing guitar just, just for fun, but we're going to write some more songs and we're going to kind of explore that. Um, I just really like the idea of like getting a band where I could play European festivals. Yeah, <laughs> my, that's kind of like, take, that's yeah. the thing. That's the dream. It's, it's like, really what, like on that. How that's my dream. I just want to take my <laughs> vacation time from work to play yeah. two weeks in Europe and that's, I'm done. I'm good. I don't need exactly. the rest. Yeah, Talking yeah. to been, the profanity dudes, yeah. uh, they, we got a little insight on that, dude. If you ever want to go back and listen to their episode and learn about it, dude, it made me feel like every festival I've ever been to yeah. has been basically shit you know it's like if you have to literally schedule your day right to get is right to maximize your festival experience i've never experienced a festival like that like i was always leisurely moving from stage to stage like oh yeah i'm eventually be able to check this band out like i had basically what i'm saying is like the the way that the it teeter-tottered for me was like it was heavy on the side of bands that I wouldn't really go want to see versus the bands that I did. And these guys make it sound like, like it's like, you're going to miss, you're guaranteed to miss good. You're shit. talking about, you're talking about America versus Europe. Like going yeah, to see a, that's a, what I'm saying, right, a right. festival in America. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Europe, yeah, Europe Europe is is I, I, I forgot to say that profanity is from Germany. Well, so well here's the difference. The difference is in Europe, they actually like metal and in America, they don't give a shit about metal. Yeah, I mean they do, but for the mo- like it's totally different going out there. It's like a whole thing. So they just know I mean, how to book like the bands. Like you, you'll right. see the lineup. You'll be like Jesus Christ. Right. Like, they they, you know, they get all the good bands like, together. Exactly. Here it would be like one. It'd be like fuck yeah, it's fuck yeah, sick like band. It's like all right, five finger death punch. All right, five, blah, blah, blah. And then like then like a <laughs> yeah, then right, like right. oh red cord or something. You know like right, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that's not you know what I mean. Like you'd have to yeah. like you sift through them. It's Which, like all right, well actually, I guess I'll watch. I gotta know. say, I'm just gonna shout it out because you said it. The red cord clients is an amazing um amazing oh no no, no that's what i'm saying album. that's what amazing. i'm saying like like you'd watch red cord you watch red cord and then you have to wait like nine nine or ten bands and then be like, oh another sick band and this is america right. and then like you go like oh uh, right. you know watch all the like the new metal like the the new new metal stuff and then like right and then like oh and then it's like ozzy or something you know like right, right. like uh like in europe it's just like oh it's like oh these bands are getting back together this band's getting back together. yeah it's like banger banger, banger 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 yeah yeah it's like, like yeah. And I, I literally have seen some of those those flyers have been like this is like is this a joke flyer? Like, because I've it's seen almost those like joke you have flyers. to schedule your your porter potty experience. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's almost like you have you to wear know. a fucking diaper, like to like, catch <laughs> yeah. this shit. like you Richard I mean? Christie does. He he <laughs> yeah. said that on the Stern show years ago. He would go to shows in a fucking depends. That's a smart move. I I, I so I he wouldn't <laughs> so he wouldn't miss the bands that he wanted yeah. to see because he had he was like I'm gonna have like twelve beers when I'm there. 
That's but I don't want to miss do it. That's music. the smart way to do it. He just sits there and pisses his pants all night, dude. <laughs> that's the way you do. I mean, not all night, but if you want to bring like nine to pen. That sounds but... like all night to me, bro. What are you talking about? No, if you piss in one, if you piss in it, or years? if you piss in one depends, you got to change the depends. You're not going to keep. So what is he going to do? Where is he going to change it? At, in the middle of the the crowd. Yeah, He's I mean, dropping, maybe he'll piss. Dude. I mean, maybe pissing it three times. But I mean, like after you pissing it three times, you gotta like figure out a way to fucking get another depends on. Like you, you can't. I mean, I I would pee. My my whole thing was wearing kind of baggy shorts, and I would get um. This is so. I've done this is so bad. So I went there to a festival after festival. festival a while well, ago. Fest, this and, is this is more acceptable at a festival. Not well, at, what I'm talking like, about. Pound or something. Oh no no no. Well, yeah yeah yeah. That's something different. But I'm talking about festivals. Like I would shove yeah. the empty beer glasses in my shorts and piss in the empty beer glass, and just put it on the ground. That's like the move. It's like because you're like fifty thousand people behind you. You're like fuck this. Like I'm gonna not be. I'm gonna miss. So you went around like, the back. It, that movement looked like you went around the back. So did you like tuck it through the one side? No, you wear like the baggy dick dicky shorts and you just shove the glass up. You. <laughs> I know, but you there. go up, so you got to go out one side. You can't wear underwear, so which is coming out weird the move, back. But... Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're going up the front leg. You just go front leg, and then you like you have no oh, okay. underwear, yeah. so no, then you, you go up, I and then you angle your wiener to the right. Yeah, and you just pee in it. And one time, this uh, this person I was uh, dating for a while was I like did it, and, and she didn't know. And I took it out. I took it Savage, out, dude. And, she, and I was like this, and she like turned around. She's like, "Oh, this song!" It smacked my hand. And I dropped the cup, and then it just <laughs> shot all over her. I was like, "Oh, you dropped my beer!" I, was like, <laughs> I just realized I'm too close to this door. I keep just throwing my head back into it. But yeah, pee went all over. <laughs> just piss, piss your pants, dude. You know why? Why all the theatrics? Just piss your pants. <laughs> I kind of like that too. Or just get like a get like a a tube, like a, a condom end and like a tube. So it just goes like, and you can just like tape it to your leg and then unfold it and just piss on the ground. Dude, that's, that's the move. I, I don't. Think, I don't have that like problem. Concert I, uh, catheters, yeah. dude. Concert yeah. catheters. We're starting a business, right dude. Now. The Cali Death concert catheters. <laughs> freaking, Cali Death was, concert catheters, dude. Dude, that actually might be. Uh, I mean, I'm, for Europe. I'm not, <laughs> for Europe. <laughs> yeah, we can't. There's not good enough fests out here not for fucking. By the American CDC. There's not good enough fests out here for concert catheters. You know, it's not. There's not like enough good bands playing at once for you to care about it. Like you go see, like oh, I saw my band. I have nine hours until I see them the next. So cool wait, band. we're gonna push Cali Death concert <laughs> catheters in Europe, <laughs> dude. I got the hookups, dude, for the fucking tubing. Like we just need the fucking. I got the hookup with the tubing, dude. I don't know. I don't. I'm uh, no. I'm I'm bad with. It. I'll go take a piss in the middle of my favorite band set. I don't give a shit. No, there should be like a tube that goes down your leg and it like has like an outlet. You know? That's, what I'm, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a tube. It's yeah. a, you wrap it on your dick when you before you show up. slide. Yeah. I guess catheter is the wrong word, folded. dude, because that gets have... shoved up your urethra. I could well, you know, create a... Yeah, that's like too intense, dude. I could create a patent for it right now. I already see the design. <laughs> it's a fucking... It's the thing that goes around your, your dingus, and then like you have the tube that comes down and then folds back up, so you, you it has like a little harness where it folds, so it's not hanging out your shorts. And then when you have to pee, you unfold it and dude, just piss. We should partner with sheath underwear because the sheath underwear has got the pocket for you. It's your already been stolen. Dirt. Now it's going to be someone's going to make know, like nine hundred dollars on this, dude. Out of our six hundred and thirty-four <laughs> subscribers, someone's going to make like four hundred bucks off this. So it's all good, <laughs> dude. There's at least ten people in Europe that'll buy this, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Brandon, like when you were playing bass, last, uh, <laughs> like what's your what's your new uh, what kind of bass are you playing right now? What's the... you're killing it on Instagram, MTD. dude? MTD. Oh, I got that MTD. You know, ah. I've been playing that. Um, I've been big on recently. I've been buying like shitty cheap basses and then buying preamps and taking them to like the local luthier here and just getting them put in. And I have a couple of bases like that. So I have like a budget Stingray that I built for like 500 bucks. That sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. And then I also have a, uh, another, a P base like that. That sounds pretty good that I've been jamming on. What do you think about um, the, so this is a personal question. What do you think about that uh, Getty Lee jazz bass? That thing Dude, I had one. I had one, and I sold it to my buddy. And I wish I never did because that thing is okay. Awesome. I'm gonna. I'm getting it. All right, thank you. But it's it, it's like way more expensive now than it used to be. I remember I bought it back in the day for like six hundred bucks, and now it's like well over a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like thirteen ninety nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, I was looking at them a couple days ago, Jesus. and I was like, fuck, I need. But I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. They're, they're sick though. I mean, I have I have the Marcus Miller Jazz Bass. I got a I got a really good deal on it. Uh, I just randomly saw it at a guitar center one time mm-hmm. for like seven hundred bucks, and I bought it, and then I um had the tuners and pickups replaced. So mm-hmm. that's like another one that that's like a 14 or $1,500 base that I got for cheap and then had the pickups and tuners replaced. And it's like, it's, it's better than if you were to buy it full price and I've got it for less than, you know, whatever. $1, that's, I always have these like grandiose. I've had this when I, I worked at guitar center for a year and I had these like uh, grandiose uh, theories about like, I'm going to buy this, um, this $400 guitar and I'm going to get the John Petrucci pickups and I'm going to do all this, all these cool things to it and stuff. But it, but literally like for guitar, maybe it was the wood I was using, but the guitar was like, it didn't, it just never came out to fruition of what I thought it would be. It always would be like, you know, I always have these like big ideas. Like I'm going to put this in here. I'm going to change these out. I'm going to, I'm going to change the tuners out. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to, you know, and it never really comes to fruition, but for bass, I'm sure it's a, you have more, um, there's, I mean, for, you have limited options as far as uh, pickups compared to guitar because guitar's got like well, and seven bridge, million and bridge. and bridge and like it's just easier. It's just a much better instrument. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've always been partial to bass, dude. Guitar is like too complicated. Too much shit going on. I was like, what the fuck? Too much is shit going on. And now there's like yeah. these bridges with like uh, these yeah. uh, that like don't they stay in tune all the time? And they have these springs on them and shit. Yeah. And like so uh, you got yeah. all these springs. If you make one ring, it fucks up your whole thing. It's like the bass is so easy. It has like very little moving parts yeah 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 fuck fuck let me bars dude like a like a passive p bass or like a passive jazz bass it's like it has nothing it's like it just works all the time yeah yeah so, so <laughs> yeah workhorses yeah that's i got like yeah. I, I, bo- all three of my guitars right now have like a uh, floyd rose and i'm like why did i oh man that's that sounds like, like a nightmare to me it's a nightmare like changing <laughs> strings is like an hour yeah. oh my god like, it needs why? to be like Explain that for if you can Wait, do it really quick. Why is there is a Floyd out? Rose bass though? Before we get into that, there probably yeah. is, and whoever made it should be fired. Oh, Les, <laughs> Les, Clay, Les Claypool, Claypool has a Les Claypool has a, uh, a tremolo. Yeah, he has a tremolo, a tremolo yeah. but I don't. I think it's more like a one of those old school. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not like a Floyd Rose, which is basically like what Anthony was saying to explain it. It's just like a flow. Like everything's being held in place by springs and tension. So like. You can dump the whammy bar and bring it back, and it's in the same tension, so the tuning doesn't change. But, right. um, but the thing is, though, if you ever, yeah, he's there. It is right there. There we go, right there. Yeah, Floyd yeah. Rose. That's a Floyd Rose. That's that's the perfect example. You so under look that how complicated that thing is. There's so many things on it. You can't even really see like under the under that silver part, oh, Anthony. There's like there's a bunch of springs. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bunch of springs, and like it's yeah in the back you have to yeah right there. Jeez, it's all being simple. yeah, and then he's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're proving a good point, uh, Brandon. I think uh, 
I've actually the last few guitars I'm I'm purchasing are just gonna be that's intense, only, dude. Yeah, they're only gonna be like fixed bridge, which means there's no springage. It's just going through the body, and you can change the tuning and not all the other strings that are out of tune because you decided to change all, one. I'm sorry, bass is always fixed bridge. You're saying 99.9%. Yeah, 99% yeah, yeah. of the time, yeah. Unless yeah, it's yeah. like a custom situation that somebody wants to fuck with. Yeah. Yeah, if you wanted to have like a whammy bar on the bass, I guess you could do that. I want what's wild, your uh, what's your position on a whammy bar on a bass? I mean, I, it's cool if you like I mean, if you like it, cool. I would never have it. I don't know what the purpose would be. Like, you know, like in fucking eloquent, it's like, woo, like on the bass. Like, they, they do that, that like with their finger, right? That's like, their yeah, you can do it with a vibrato, or you can do it. I mean, yeah, or like, this, but, yeah, you can't do it as much, obviously. It is probably pretty cool. I just, it's never been something that I've ever. I'm sure Thundercat or some dude knows exactly what he can do with a whammy bar on a bass, but I mean, I think Thundercat doesn't have one, and that guy is like ripping all crazy more than if someone did have one, so. Yeah, I mean Jocko yeah, yeah, had yeah. one, so like. Yeah. <laughs> Did Jocko have a whammy bar? No, dude. Just... Jocko only had one string, dude. Play one yeah. string bass. Dude. Really had, yeah. <laughs> Jocko had no strings. He just hummed in the humbucker. Yeah, so he didn't, even, yeah, yeah. he didn't even play with strings. Like you guys are showing up with strings yeah. on there, dude. Exactly. <laughs> it's a hum instrument, dude. I'm all, but, uh... I'm all old. I'm all old and washed up. I don't all these like, uh, like the multi scale and fan frets and all that shit. Oh, I'm just, like, I don't even know about that. I'm like, what is happening here? No, no, I know. It looks awesome. I just don't. None of my bases. I have no base that has any of this stuff. But I like I have like, this like yeah. secret, like not wanting to touch any of that stuff just because it's like new and fresh and like. Same and, like, with that, me. I'm just like yeah. an old bitter guy. Like fuck that. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna, if you're gonna use the headless guitar, you're using the Strandberg. Like the you're using like the Cynic guitars. You're not gonna use like a Kiesel. Like right. That's that's right. the new headless one. Like you want to use the old school. Back in my day, they used the. The Strandberg, yeah. you know, like it's like all the sick guys back in the day didn't have that. So why do you need it, dude? <laughs> why do you need it currently, dude? Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I like th those Dingwall bases are like super nice. I like them. I just don't, uh, you know, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why you don't like it. Like, I don't. I don't yeah, exactly. Know. If someone's like, here, play this. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Dude. <laughs> uh. So, anyways, uh, so you you like flutes or what? Yeah, dude, love flutes. <laughs> Electric flutes. So Joseph, we had a good time touring Gordon. together. Uh, that was good oh, yeah. times. That was a good so time. That was, uh, when was that? 2008 or something? 2009. With Vale of Maya, right? Vale of Maya? Yeah, Vale of Maya. Yeah. Vale of Maya, Decrepit Birth, The Faceless. Who else? Was Somebody else. on that? Was it, was I don't it know, Ab but... Abigail Williams on that? Oh, I don't Abigail even remember. Williams. Could yeah, be. Yeah. Wasn't it with Samus? I think. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Is that? Yeah. I think it was, right? Yeah, I think it was. We played the roller rink in Detroit or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh think yeah. Forever came out to that show. Yeah, yeah. Naraxis and Ryan too. And Naraxis, yeah. Yeah, Naraxis. That was a good oh, tour. Shit, that's, that's when uh, me and uh, Michael King got in an argument at that show about. Um, I was like, uh, Trace Denier had just come out, and I was still like old school cynic. I'm like, no, fuck Trace Denier, dude. Like, it's all about fucking oh, no. focus. focus. And like, and Michael was just all like, no, dude, it's all about Trace Denier. And then later. I yeah. I soon went over to Trace Nair is like my favorite fucking like one of my top favorite albums of all time. Like yeah, it's blasting it today. It's, it's real. It's real good. good. It's really good. Yeah. Very good album. Focus is still, dude. Yeah, Focus is awesome. That was my that was my shit. So I I was I'm actually still you, Joel, in that conversation before you <laughs> changed. Not <laughs> not because I I love Trace Nair. I love everything that came after that. But I have 
I've like, you know, you could just be like, there's that time, that little blip that happened, focus. And then you understand that once that happens, you take that amount of time before you follow up. It's not going to, there's something that happened at that time, not just for Cynic, but for many of bands, dude. At that time, there was some like bubble up in Florida that was going right. on and they just totally went, you know, there right. with it and focus happened eight songs. It's the perfect fucking album, dude. Like there's not one eight songs, dude. Eight songs is the way to go. Faceless. That's not one. Eight songs. There's not one chunk of that album that doesn't, that isn't <laughs> supposed to be there. Everything is supposed to be there. Yeah. I think it's all about length of, I mean, like, I mean, songs, like if if you have a bunch of two minute songs, eight songs is going to not really fill an album out. That's what, like something about like, what's the perfect length of an album to you? I'm going to go ahead and say it for a metal album. Yeah. I mean, I might be controversial here. I don't want to hear any more than 30 minutes. Don't give me no fucking hour long metal album. I'm sorry. I kind of, I kind of, in the, in the, I'm like, in that 30 hit, to 40 minutes. Yeah. Just hit me with the good stuff. Oh, yeah. 40 yeah. minutes, dude. You want, and let me, yeah. let me hear it. Yeah. yeah. For like yeah. a, like a non-metal album, I'll, I want a little bit more money, but like a, mm-hmm. like an intense metal yeah. album, I think a 30, around 30 minutes is a good mark. Yeah. Cause there's not many mood changes in a, in a death metal album or a metal album. And like the tempo is faster. So it's going to be a, a, yeah. essentially shorter yeah yeah makes sense we've uh-huh. always been just below 40 except devouring was like 25 yeah. minutes or some shit like but see i like that that's awesome yeah so well, yeah like see, guys. 20 minutes per side of a vinyl too if you think of it that way which is yeah. crazy because we right. never thought about that back in you know the early 2000s like oh it's going to be on vinyl we didn't think that you know right but now it's like oh it's going to be on vinyl okay all right like cool you know so well, this like this, size, this you know? second vinyl has nine minutes on vinyl. On. Huh? Oh shit! What, oh, what up? What up? Uh, what up? Uh, dude, <laughs> that's funny. Sick, dude. I got these for you, KC. Joel gave them to me. <laughs> I'm bringing them down to you. Oh, Sick, dude. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh yeah. Is that the splattered version? Yeah, I haven't yeah, opened any of them, so awesome. I mean the clear greens, clear. I got one but on the wall the right there. You can't see it in the corner, but it's nice. I was talking with uh, on the with uh, Naveen and Chaney on the Copper Crab podcast. I was like, 80% of me wanting to do an album is getting the vinyl and putting it on my wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. I, I'm we all watching uh, Cribs on MTV yeah. and all the, the musical artists who had their gold records were like, we just actually just want one record right. and put it on our wall. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a, couple, exactly. a couple of years ago, or maybe it was like more than a couple now, but I finally got... Uh, I finally got the Akeldama and Planetary like vinyls, so I have those. It took me forever to nice. get some of those. Are they on like, your wall uh, or no? They're in a drawer, unfortunately. Uh, I I have plans to put them on the wall. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Keep keep them safe until you. Yeah, they're they're nice and wrapped up in legacy. plastic. Wrapped in plastic in a drawer. I got well, wrapped right in plastic here. Right here. Are you in the Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry no i'm trying no, nope don't i'm gonna take you into some weeds dude no don't don't take that but yeah that bait leave it go right. um Brandon, do, do people like ever recognize you as as the the ex-bass player of the faceless and like hit you up um see you around or something not so much recently but that has happened before um i we one time i went to like an animals as leader show and with and someone said something like, oh, hey, what's up? Or whatever, you know, but not not recently, not not normally, not oh, like recently, sure. no, you know. 
that's probably the only definitely in the, the past in the, the past most likely place to find people that would know <laughs> right. who you are <laughs> right. Sure. right 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 <laughs> i mean i've had people at work like google it like people at work have like googled and be like oh look at this guy dude oh man so yeah i just i got some like a like employee of the year award or something like at like this very like like, fancy like bank thing that i work for and uh they were like (laughs) it's like we're on a zoom meeting and it's like fucking 200 people and they're like so how many people like uh metal and i was like i was like i was like (laughs) and they're like so how many people uh like uh death metal and i was like (laughs) i was like the only person (laughs) And they're like, oh, so my next like award goes to blah blah. And they're like, check out Odious Mortem with song titles like well, and they're like reading off song titles yeah. on the Zoom meeting with like these fucking like board member millionaire executives and shit. And, like, and they're just sitting there just going like in their suits, like I'm just sitting there just going like shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the same thing. My yeah. face was like beat red. I was like, check dude. out the Cali Death podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah like, like my first. Don't. My first week, I've been in my job for five years, but like my first week at my job, like someone in the Slack channel just like added like a picture of like the faces playing some festival. I was like, look at this yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yep, it's me. What's up? Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely more reluctant <laughs> to tell people um, like when I'm working and stuff that I played music and stuff because then they, the internet's there. So they can right, like right. sit there when they go take a runny dump in the back, they can go Google like whatever and just figure right. out everything about everything, you know, all the song titles, all the band names everything like right, they'll come back right, and just like right. hit you with everything yeah. and you're like shit it's like an anti-resume like, right. that's why i used to say the faceless yeah. i was like yeah the faceless dude uh, yeah, an exactly, autopsy yeah. that's a crazy yeah. song right yeah <laughs> yeah like, i don't my, see any of the pictures my boss will always say it. like dude i mean it's not like you know you're playing like you know it's cool that you're here but like i bet it's nothing like playing like in europe like you know back in the day and shit. yeah <laughs> it was tight like i do miss it but yeah 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 like but, I mean, go ahead I was just going to say it adds like character, man, to like, you know, talking in your sure. in, so many times when you're talking to people and trying to make conversation at work, you know, it, it, you know, you get a lot of the same questions when you bring up music stuff, but right. it's definitely like, it's definitely a icebreaker. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to talk to people from outside the realm of music and you're at work and stuff, they, everyone wants to know more. They are like, want to mm-hmm. go, Oh, tell me, Oh, what, right. Where did you go? Well, well, it's like, yeah. it, it, it's definitely a, a, it, it brings like a, a com- it's a conversation starter you know right, like, for sure no matter yeah. what you know for sure so that's a yeah. good thing about it for sure and I've, I've like you know always been teaching like students and stuff and uh you know the parents always ask, oh you like toured in bands like you know it's like yeah and then i'd always kind of put odious word in first because it kind of con- confuses them and right. then i'm like yeah then do cover like i like kind of <laughs> yeah and it's like you know like yeah it's, it's like this metal band i did metal stuff and that kind of prepares them oh metal okay it's gonna be a little yeah. strange and then right i was like odious oh, mortem and they're like confused and then i kind of yeah there's uh, you know it's like a semantic of birth you know, but you didn't need to hear that so <laughs> uh, anyways yeah so, so many times having to say that to people and just see the yeah. faces like yeah oh, i know oh oh well okay. dude yeah. imagine severed savior then yeah, everybody <laughs> who's religious is like wait oh imagine anybody who's religious in half dude smart <laughs> yeah that's just like puts it together yeah and they're like hmm immediately for the rest of the conversation like hmm. yeah there's like christian people at my work and they're like you have a song called xeno christ like what's that all about it's like well jesus is an alien and he enslaved everything yeah exactly come on what's not to get dude read the lyrics (laughs) this is la dude it's 2021 come on get get with it it's like thanksgiving dinner it's like come on grandma pass the turkey come on yeah dude (laughs) yeah one time yeah one time i was uh at like some family thing when the faceless when uh 
Agaldama came out and they're like, "Oh, you're in a band? Can we hear it?" And I'm like, uh, "I don't think yeah. you're in." And they're like, "They like forced instrumental. me. They forced me to play. They forced me to play the music, so I did." And they're like, "Oh, it kind of sounds like Godsmack." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Oh, well, at least you know. Right? My like, great. I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, I guess yeah. you think about like it's yeah. just like, all right. I'm gonna go off on one little tangent for a quick second here. Another thing, <laughs> we're drinking. Joel got Joel got one of these. I get one of these this episode too. What we're <laughs> what we're experiencing from talking to all these different people on this ep- on these episodes, and holy shit, dude. Yep, I'm definitely <laughs> drinking, dude. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Fuck. Oh, I love it. I dude. heard something upstairs, dude, and it totally threw me off, dude. Oh, that's the alcohol's best. fun, dude. That's alcohol's the best. The best. Uh, it's what, um, no, how about dude. a little alcohol ro- uh, roll call, dude? What are you guys drinking? Uh, are you guys drinking a White Claw? Beer and White Claws. I did start off with a... Uh, I got this little uh, hazy IPA. Wolf. Uh, oh, nice. Nice. I, I'm pissed, a golden rope Because I really had nice. something I was going to go off on, dude. For dude, we're talking about second. alcohol. Shut up. Um, so, uh, <laughs> all right, fine, whatever, dude. I've only, I've had these version. many. Okay. This is my, that's all my, right. it's my, my body count. That's, that's like the, it. I'm adding cannabis into that too. And that's why I got lost. I know, I know that that's that you get crossfaded on these and I don't know how the fuck you do it. Cause you hit that pen. Like I hit my jewel. I know, but dude, I had like something, pen. dude, I had something and I totally lost it, but it's dude, fine, dude. <laughs> Whatever. We'll Let's pick it up next on, episode. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we'll pick it up in my sleep tonight, dude. I'm gonna wake up at like three thirty. <laughs> don't force morning, it. Like, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. something all <laughs> shitty. Like not even that cool. Right as we stop the episode. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm gonna wake up and be yeah. like, oh yeah, no, I shouldn't have said it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, dude. Freaking music and shit. <laughs> so Brandon, yeah. so you do you uh? So did COVID bring out? more drinking in your life or have you it did it so it did it first i'm i don't really drink a lot usually like i drink on weekends or if i go get a beer with like a buddy or whatever i'll drink or like you know on weekends i like to drink i smoke weed more than i drink but then when covid started i didn't know what to do i was all bored so i was like drinking more and then i was like you know sitting at home and like gaining weight and stuff so then i kind of stopped and then i started working out more at home so i went through this like wave of like feeling shitty and then i started like you know working out more at home trying to eat better and at this point now, I've been like eating somewhat healthy and not drinking that much. But, you know, I know doing the podcast, I was like, fuck it. I'll go buy some beers, drink some beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of sound similar to me, dude. I did the same thing. I, we went like just like whatever in the beginning. And then it was like, okay, wait, we went too hard. We need to scale that back and be healthy. And now it's like we're in the middle. It's yeah. like we, ha- you know, the one yeah. one day we'll go off the rails, and then right. three days we'll be like, okay, we're gonna keep it in line, and then, right. oh, we're gonna blow it again. And I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, I like socializing and I like drinking and socializing like with people like that. Like I, uh, you know, my daughter, like I, every now and then, like I'll go with her and her friend and like her dad, and we'll go to this local brewery here and like we drink, and that's fun, and I like doing that. And uh, like we went on a hike and like brought beer and like we're drinking on the hike and stuff like that. So like I like to drink. I just don't. You would, I don't usually drink like by myself. In yeah. My apartment. Yeah. But at the beginning of COVID, I definitely was because I didn't have any. I was so fucking bored. I was like, fuck it. I guess I'm just gonna drink. Well, in reality, yeah. we're we're basically drinking by ourselves, talking into a screen right yeah. now. Just social <laughs> social aspect. 
that's, <laughs> yeah. no, that's, that's definitely uh i went through the same thing in the beginning i was like you know what i'm gonna take this opportunity to get in shape and i'm really gonna you know i have a lot of time on my hands and i want to like start working out and i have this bunch of hiking and stuff in my backyard i want to go hike i want to do all this cool stuff and like it, then the, once like the time change hit where it got darker earlier, I just immediately was like, well, you know, alcohol is right. pretty sick. I should just do alcohol a bunch because it's fun. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I, love, I love when you say do alcohol, dude. I'm gonna no, no, it's, do I it. do a bunch of beer and alcohol. <laughs> but like, no, I, I basically went down that path and then it just kind of like, before I knew it, like it's been a fucking year of this shit. And then I was yeah. like, oh man, uh, gyms are opening back up. Fuck. And I like walked dude, into the gym. I'm already like, hating down my traffic. Shirt. traffic. I was like pulling down my shirt, like my fucking... Bit my belly and shit and like pulling down like walking into the gym with like the girls walking like shit like my like like trying to like all embarrassed walking into the gym like trying to like lift weights like feeling all like fat and shit like i i I got i got a pretty i mean i didn't i've been working out at home and i got a pretty good uh dude at home yeah you don't need to pay somebody well the thing is though so this is something we talked about uh we only have a couple more minutes for brandon but um i could stay till like 10 15 got it yeah yeah but uh, so when when the shit first hit, so once we finally kind of figured out it wasn't going to be a fucking month, it was going right. to be like six. Whoever knows, it's going to be a question mark. We had no exactly. Idea. It was mm-hmm. a big, big mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I went to the, uh, I went uh, working out. I went, I went to the, I went to the, uh, the what's it called, the local um workout uh, equipment place and i went and i walked in and i was like hey so i want to buy some weights and they all were like ha 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 weights like they're all gone they've been gone for like right. a week and i was like yeah. what the fuck and they're like i want i wanted those bowflex like adjustable right um those dumbbells and they're like and i went online i was like i'll, I'll just buy some used ones or something people were selling those things for thirteen hundred dollars for the yeah. pair yeah. they're three hundred dollars normally and I was like, yeah. oh, my God, like Dude. the weight prices like went up. And I, I I made friends with the guy there and he was like, so this is the trick. You call here at Thursday at 4 p.m. and we'll let you know if we get a shipment. In. And I called and I was like, yeah, I'll get a, a pair of the 40 pounders and the 35 pounders and the 20 pounders or something. And he's all like, cool. He's all I need a credit card now, though. And I was like, OK. So cool. That's four hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're I was like, Jesus, dude. Christ. I just bought like Jesus. to get toilet paper in the beginning of this. Yeah. Now you're explaining Like everybody's had pandemic, like right. so, like fat that they just need to burn off, and everybody's now instead of getting toilet was, paper, hoarding uh, weights. It was like that with bikes too. There's a bike shop, and I bought a bike. Oh yeah. I bought a bike last May. I was like, fuck it. Like I like riding bikes. I just didn't have a bike recently, so. I wanted to ride a bike because it was like I was so bored just being in, inside all the time. And like they were like all sold out of bikes. And luckily, I just they had one bike that just was my size, and I was just lucky because everything else was out. And I've been like, so I've been riding a bike a lot. I, I I live like right off this bike path, so I just go. I try to go like three times a week and just. Um, it's like I only do like eight or ten miles, but it's eight or ten miles three times a week. Is it like um, what kind of is it a street bike? It's just like a yeah, like a commuter. It's like a twenty-one speed like regular commuter bike. It's like a road bike, but the tires are a little bit thicker. And I just use mm-hmm. that. And then um, there's like a yeah street bike path that's right on my block. And I yeah, just, it's just all there. about breaking a sweat and getting your heart rate yeah. up, dude. I'm yeah. that COVID guy that buys the workout thing that like, like I bought a an e-bike that was super expensive. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Because like, I want to go like all over. I don't want my car anymore. I'm just going to fucking use this fucking e-bike. It goes 28 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. And like for it being like $3,000, I've pretty much it's been about a thousand dollars a ride so far <laughs> i've gone about three times so, uh, but the e-bike do you even get exercise on the e-bike it's like goes no, for you right 
No, it's it's 70 pounds. The thing is, oh, okay. though, the thing is, though, um, I have I'm like the hill that I live on is fucking like I've had people like I'm going to ride my bike to your house. And they're like and they're like actual bike riders. And they're like, fuck this hill. Like, <laughs> like, and so I'm like, well, I'm not a bike rider. And I would want to go maybe just go grab a fucking lunch down, you know, at the end of the hill somewhere, right. you know, my, like three or four miles away. And to not be like covered in sweat on my lunch break and come back and like, but get a good exercise and get some cardio in. Right. Um, but not be like extreme cardio. I was like, right. I'll get the e-bike and I'll, I can go all around town. And uh, I just, dude, fucking in Santa Cruz, there's not like bike paths. There's just like you're in the fucking street. Yeah. And, and that mm-hmm. and that shit just annoys me because there's just like I was like, oh, I had this like fantasy of listening to music and stuff. But like you need to you need your hearing. Right. You, you got to hear about the past, dude. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice. Now yeah. it made me want to be a bike rider again in Pacifica because they recently made a path that's actually legit. Dude, I love riding bikes, man. It's it's good. It's good cardio. It's good exercise, and it's like when I'm out, I just can kind of like be alone with my thoughts and just like. Totally. You Do you know? rock jams while you're doing it, or you? No, I just go. Yeah, I, I, I rock out that kinda, shit. You gotta listen to your surroundings. <laughs> well, no, you, that's probably the safer way, dude. I mean, you, if you're gonna be commuting or, or like riding near cars and all that stuff, you gotta be able to hear. Well, I like I like taking in like the. I just like taking it all in. I like just riding. The just bike, yeah, it's it, a you know. meditation almost. Yeah, pretty much. I just, it's like if I'm having a stressful day at work or some shit, I just yeah. go on a bike ride on my lunch break, and I just don't think about any work, and I just. I don't think about anything. I just up. like turn my brain off and ride the bike down the path. That's what's up. For me, yeah. it's the it's the perfect storm because I have hiking in my backyard. So same um, difference. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So hiking, I never bring headphones. I'm just or, always yeah. just out there and just take a walk. And and I took Joseph on the little, little loop out there. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking just super mellow. Fucking there's redwoods everywhere. Um, so I already have that. So I wanted like I want to listen to my music and ride the bike around and cars almost hit me like nine times and i was yeah. like okay well Head, uh, headphones and a bike is not a good combination it's not a good guys, combo do you guys ever feel like as musicians like when you're in the car too like 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 a lot of times i just don't listen to any music at all i don't listen i, to any, I drive quiet. around just, in silence yeah i, I don't I sit quiet I don't a listen lot to a lot of music honestly like i do sometimes but sometimes it's just yeah i drive I like, around in s- extreme loudness one the stereo <laughs> stock in my shit and it sounds shitty no matter how much i eq it and yeah. two oh there she is it's Let's like sing. those 20 minutes to work and 20 minutes back is kind of just like one of those like oh, i'm just gonna sit on autopilot i know exactly right. where to drive i'm just gonna fucking you know just yeah, like, I'm, I'm the same way i don't listen to my radios off when i drive i just kind of like think i'm thinking about my like, i like plan whatever i'm gonna do or like if i've been like kind of all scatterbrain that's my time to like focus my thoughts and i think about it when i drive but i'm not driving that much right now so yeah. my <laughs> eq is really shitty in my car dude and i honestly think that that's part of the reason why i don't listen to music if i had a dope yeah. system that was good for my ears i might be more inclined to listen to more music yeah. in the car but um, i just got a six because i'm I, i'm more so i i feel now in my you know, older years, whatever. When I want to like listen to something, I want to give it my full attention. I want to sit down with both ears or in a good stereo system where I'm just sitting and listening. I don't, I don't like to one ear shit. I know Joel has to do it and he had to learn. He actually listens to songs differently than we do. He's kind of like an alien, but I'm definitely one ear branded if you don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
he I, uh, I heard about that from the speaker at that same venue that Steve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that same fucking Corazon. You fucking... were there to witness Joel. I no, I don't think he was there, but no, uh, it happened but to the people. Steve the same venue. had that same shit happen when we we're on that Meshuggah tour. Like last time when he thought he was like deaf for the year or something. Wow, dude. That? Yeah, Joel still got it, dude, right? 70% loss or something like that. I know it's like 90. Fuck. It's bad. Shoot those motherfuckers, dude. They're, I mean, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> they're gone. I think they, already went, they already went under. <laughs> yeah, but My- so it's like that listening in one ear. I never I, I listening to music, I want to give it my full attention. So like if right. it's in a shitty environment like my truck, I'm just not going to do it. I do listen to some stuff, but it's just like stuff that like I'm not going to really it, I have, to, you know, it's like listening to certain albums. You just got to have the best sound, you know, even if it's in headphones in the corner of your house, dude. That's the guy that listens to a bunch of black metal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't listen to a bunch of black metal, but plenty of black metal where you do have to eq shit if you want to listen to yeah i, I <laughs> yes. wish they, i wish they would re-release like all kinds of death metal albums where they actually sound good that'd be really cool yeah, yeah that'd be sick <laughs> i do have a friend uh a question from a uh um this andrea she's asking me did you was it did you when you played in cynic was it a fretless bass the whole time i did not i played a fretted because i don't play fretless but which i was kind of cynic's yeah. all fretless all their stuff's fretless Okay. Um, so it's kind of like weirded out. I was like, fuck, should I play? I probably should play a fretless. But I was like, dude, like I've seen metal bands play fretless when the lights are. I was like, even the best fretless metal bass players are like playing all out of tune and shit when it's all dark. So yeah. it's like, I was like, I'm not, oh, yeah. I, don't, I, I have a fretless and I play it, but I don't play it all the time. So I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna play whatever I'm best at playing. Yeah. And yeah. I made my tone right. I had like the bridge pickup, like Jocko type tone, mm. a little bit of chorus on there. And honestly, I didn't really get anyone being like, oh, you're not like I had people who didn't even couldn't even tell that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Because you you could slide into notes and you play mid range tone, you can get close, you know, so I did not play a fretless, but it was like in the back of my head, I was like, fuck, I really probably should have played a fretless. But yeah, 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 totally. Stand, stand. I mean, uh, but even even someone in the band like told me they were like, they're like, honestly, dude, they're like, who they're like, who gives a shit? It's like your bass sounds in tune and sounds clean and clear. It's like you know, we don't care if it's not fretless. It's like it's I've, I've talked to and Z- sounds good. I talked. I talked to Zach uh, from. I, he was uh, dealing with a fretless player, and uh, Zach Oren. He was like, I had to like change so much shit like in the studio right. because like the the notes were just a little off. Uh, they a were a little off. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just like constantly a little off. So and and if you play fretless, like you got to pretty much like you kind of commit to that and you play fretless all the time, right? Yeah, Which yeah, I don't do. Exactly. I have a fretless. It's fun. I mess around with it. But yeah. I don't, it's not my main thing. So yeah. I, I just decided to go with whatever was going to actually sound better with me playing it than yep. if I went to play the fretless to like honor the band and then like playing all shot and out of tune and shit. Like, you know, I didn't there you go, that. Andrea. Shout out to Lisbon, fucking Portugal. <laughs> Sorry to bum me out. It was Fred. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be stuck. Well, before Sean Malone joined, it was probably fretted with like Tony Choi. Tony Choi, right. Well, and like, yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of the fretless stuff, like, it's more just the notes that you're playing. Like, there's certain parts where it definitely adds to it if you're like, obviously kind of sliding things like, like uh, showing off the fretless part. But once I had like the, because I got the bass and drum only track, so I had to learn like most of it by ear, which was 
you know, it was a challenge, but it was cool. But hearing it's like a lot of this stuff, unless, unless you're like really kind of accentuating it, a lot of it, you could, you know, it sounds like it could be afraided depending on, it's more about the tone and like playing back towards the bridge pickup um, with a lot of the stuff, you know? So did you but, uh, check out the remastered Trace Denaire? Uh I, I don't know. I don't think so. Did it come out recently? I haven't either. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, like a year and a half ago or something. Dude, I got to check that out. Cause the bass on that is like so low in the mix. And, like, and, it's and I out. think, I think Sean's drums sound so good on the remaster. It's oh. worth it alone just for the drum. I gotta it check sounds that out so much for better. Sure. Yeah. And Sean re-recorded, so uh, it's actual Sean. It, no it's shit. Whole, what? It's a whole new bass player. Yeah, yeah. What? So. Yeah, Trace yeah, Wait, dude. This is not retraced. This is Trace and Air remastered. A different Wait, re. But it's not, it. it's not Sean Malone playing bass. No, it is still Sean. It wasn't Sean on, it, on the OG Trace and Air. That was. No, yeah. It was. It was Sean. Um. Oh, professor's yeah. getting professed right now. I think I don't think yeah. I don't think I don't think Robin played on Trace and Air. I think it was Sean Malone, and they had a weird mixing thing where like the bass wasn't mixed up right, and there was like an issue with it, or he was like upset because it wasn't. Don't listen to Brandon. He didn't doesn't know anything about the band. <laughs> no, you're right. Then why am I remembering that when they released the remaster, they said, "Oh, it was oh, it just features new bass tracks." Okay, so so Sean yeah. just retracted. He That's might he might story. have retracted because I think there was like a limit time there was like a studio time kind of situation that's it okay so i was confused about that ever since and i'm glad that i just clarified also it was nolly that remixed it so oh awesome that's cool so well i'll check that out they took Shit. out the, the 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 growls though it's like all just clean vocals and that's kind of jarring at first and some people don't like that but i kind of like it more without well, it honestly. even on trace and air there's only a small there's not a yeah. lot of growls yeah it's not a big it's time in and he he was like dude i honestly hated it so i'm glad that yeah. they took it out so right you can just do the growls yourself when you're listening to it exactly dude <laughs> fucking a man <laughs> <laughs> but i, I definitely yeah. do want to check that out because i i love i love that album i uh i you know after we toured with them and stuff i i listened to that album on acid and it was awesome <laughs> yes dude <laughs> That, that is how you thing. can link up to something, dude. Yeah, it was just like, and it just stuck it with me. First time on acid. That's yeah, the most the whole psychedelic awesome. album. Yeah, the yeah, Focus so and cool. Jason Air are like the most best definitely do. albums oh, well, ever, dude. So, you know, like hearing those, there was a live, there was like a bootleg live version of Evolutionary Sleeper. And yeah, that yeah. Was, that came out and that got everybody juiced. Like, right. okay. What pissed me off about that is like the, the crowd was like, eh. <laughs> They were like yeah. they were like barely into it. And I'm like, dude, it's fucking new cynic right now. It's like, new cynic. Yeah. I was like pissed at the crowd. I was like, dude. I remember man. that it was like a daytime festival video. Yep. Yep. Dan Kenny literally, uh, he found it on some torrent, burned it on a copy of a, a burned it on a DVD or CD, and fucking <laughs> put it in my mailbox, dude. And it, I I woke up the next day and looked at the mailbox, and there was a CD with no note from anybody but i was like it had to have been dan dude he got <laughs> Evol- evolutionary sleeper but there was two other tracks so i don't know if it was like demo versions of songs that were going to be on the album but it it got me super juiced even though i was like oh it's not the same cynic but if you follow the path yeah. like i did with like portal and uh aeon spoke Aeon Spoke, if anybody has actually listened to Aeon Spoke, which is uh, Sean and Paul 
their like indie rock project that they did um they got one of those songs on one of those there was like a movie that was on i forgot what movie it's a it was. that's a dude if you if you if you can reach your hands out into many genres of music you will find good shit in that album and i did and then you realize that like you know Traced in air is cynic, but through an Aeon spoke filter and other filters that they had added on to that as well. And it became a whole new thing with the same name. And you're like, okay, there's elements of it, but I've always been a guy to follow bands through their evolution. And it's so funny that I'm saying evolution, evolution, your sleeper, but <laughs> evolution of their, you know, how they go through their careers and being calling it a career, go through their process as being artists. And you, you just like, I, I am at a point where I'm like, I, I really do want to follow you through your process. So it really has to be something really off putting for me to like say, Oh, I'm done with this band now. So following Cynic into those albums was okay with me because I loved Focus so much. And I like those transitions too because I like other styles of music. I've, I'm off on a fucking tangent. No, I've done the same thing, dude. I've nerded out on anything anyone from Cynic has ever done. Like yeah, Paul, every rabbit Paul, hole there is, yeah. Paul had that other indie thing that he did with Amy. Um yeah. I played um, one gig with them in LA too. Forgot, like I completely forgot love, it. Right? Yeah, I, for, I completely forgot about that night ever existing in my life until you just brought that up and then it just came back to my brain that <laughs> we did play one show. I played one show with them in uh, Hollywood at like this indie rock place and it was really Heck cool. Yeah. It was really fun. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I know Brandon, you got to get jamming with your yeah. fucking with your home slices and whatever secret project that you already probably told me about that i forgot because i've been drinking but uh i fucking i love that you came on here man me and you've had such good times and hanging out in santa cruz and hanging out on tour and stuff i'm it's so fucking rad to have you here man like uh me and you definitely have gone through the fucking gauntlet of touring and it's oh. cool to get your your stories in here and fucking yeah i was there too dude, dude. <laughs> no, it was just me. Was, it was me and Brandon. Just um, Brandon. So. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. It's funny Come you bring on, that up. Before, <laughs> before I go, it's funny you bring that up. I remember chilling at your house in Santa Cruz that was like above like a store or something. Oh yeah. I remember <laughs> the like, furniture. No. Yeah, that's I, right with you guys. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed, yeah, we partied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We smoked. We smoked so much weed and we're partying. Yeah, and I dude. slept on your couch for like twenty-four hours straight. Or <laughs> yeah, I slept there like the, I just slept right. there like the whole weekend, and then I we woke up. Slept on that same couch. Base. Yeah. Yeah. That place, that, you're about. That, that place is getting destroyed in the next couple weeks. That's getting oh, uh, leveled. We've yeah, been so. trying to like. I know, right? Yeah. R.I.P. 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 Furniture Dome. Yeah, yeah. Furniture Dome. Shout out. Fuck We've yeah, tried man. it many, many times throughout these episodes to uh, pay homage <laughs> to those places, dude. And I love it every time that somebody brings it up, and I'm like, we didn't. None of us brought it up. Our yeah, guests yeah, the guests brought it up. Brought it up. Yeah, yeah, dude. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that place. Excited when our guest brings it up. <laughs> totally. Well, fuck yeah, man. Thanks for fucking coming and taking your time, man. I know that uh, you have a lot of time, so actually I'm not thankful at all. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you, brother. Uh, all right. Fuck yeah. yeah. Anthony, yeah, Brandon. Let's this. All right. Anthony, yeah, dude. Thank you so much, Brandon. Um, Cali Death podcast on all that shit. YouTube, Apple, 
calidath.com uh instagram calidath podcast all that shit uh what's the email address if all you guys want to talk some shit caldpodcast at gmail.com caldpodcast at gmail.com hit us up there if you got your critical shit that we're not gonna really read and no we'll we'll really <laughs> read it dude. <laughs> i'm sitting here waiting yeah. brandon anything you want to plug real quick anywhere you got your shit yeah dude uh, if you ever like the faces you can venmo me five bucks to be sick give them what's your venmo uh just search my name brandon give him five bucks you know if everyone who ever bought a face them gives me five bucks I'll have a lot of fucking money, dude. Be real tight. Do you have dude, a, look, yeah, dude. Do you have an That's the best plug. A... <laughs> uh, I mean, I might champion, have to. I might have to that's resort champion to that, plug so far, dude. Only frets, dude. Are you on camera? Only frets. Only frets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> only frets. Only frets.com. There's a dude. He's got only flams, like the drum flams. <laughs> only flams. <laughs> only flams. Oh my god, dude! The only frets is killing me. I'm a... Only frets, dude. Really only frets, dude. Only frets really got me, dude. My sternum is contracted. Yes, right? I got one tonight, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright right. Joseph Cape. There it is. I think you got one earlier too, dude. You're good, oh yeah, the kennel. Good Shout out to Luca, episode, dude. dude. Shout out to Luca. I'll tell you, he fucks more than dead bodies that night, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Okay. All right. What's up all there, dude? Thanks to all the subscribers, dude. You guys are awesome. Tell your friends still. We want that shit to grow. Um, we'll see you next Thursday. We got some shit for you. Have a Later. blast this weekend. Cheers. <laughs>